you can't do whatever it is you're doing here, you need to leave. I told you, no twerking during takeoff. Oh, that's a classic line. I can't believe there's a universe where I wouldn't know that my dad had a water buffalo named Gary Hoffman. Yeah, I thought my mom had a friend named Shannon Farron. What a great name. I feel like this is my new favorite show. Gary and Shannon. You say that about every show. <laughs> this is fun. I am having fun. Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. People will show you who they are. Believe them. This Florida shooter showed everyone who he was his entire life. Big problems as early as middle school. Vocal outbursts, disturbing drawings of stick figures with guns, constant disciplinary issues. Student after student went to the administrators, went to their parents, went to adults they could find and said, this kid's scary. This kid's a mess. He has weapons. But the school wanted to treat it like a mental health thing, an outreach thing, a let us help you thing and not a law enforcement thing. Bunch of programs to keep kids out of the justice system, it looks like, in this district in Florida. A bunch of programs to help troubled students because they didn't want them to go down the law enforcement track. Well, that may have been a massive mistake. The guy just uh, just appeared in court also in Florida. I don't know exactly. They're working out some of the details about what's going to go on with uh with the rest of this case, but they were um, just talking about whether they were going to release his medical records. Oh, well, and the judge said no. I don't think it matters if they release his medical records. We kind of know everything about his behavior at this point, and the, the medical records are just going to get into more details about times and opportunities that they had to keep this guy away from the rest of his classmates, and that never happened. In recent years, Broward schools became a leader in. The national move toward a different kind of discipline. You guys, this is important stuff here. You've got kids, even if you don't have kids. I didn't know this was going on in the schools. Broward schools became a leader in this move about disciplining kids. Not really using discipline, but helping them address the root causes of their misbehavior. They want to combat what is known as the school to prison pipeline. They want to give teenagers a chance to stick with their education rather than get derailed by criminal charges. Beginning back in 2013, Broward stopped referring students to police for about a dozen infractions. Instead, students who get in trouble for those things are offered an alternative program that emphasizes counseling, conflict resolution skills, a referral to community social service agencies. Guess what? With this kid, all of that stuff was done. But why? I, I guess that even if you are in love with the idea that you can uh, alter someone's feelings in this case, there is a point where a kid is so broken that that's not going to work. Teacher said looking in his eyes, you knew something was wrong. You knew something was wildly wrong. He threatened people on, uh, wrote threatening statements on his notebook. He made a reference to killing President Obama, saying he should be burned alive and eaten. There were several teachers that banned this guy from their classrooms at middle school because of his erratic behavior. 
I wonder. Um, I have uh, I have a couple of teachers in my family. My sister's a teacher. My um, she's a teacher in junior high, and then my wife's brother is a teacher at a high school. I wonder if I asked if I called them right now and asked them, "Hey, do you know somebody? Do you have one kid in mind who, if something happened at your school?" He would be number one suspect in all of this. My dad taught for 35 years, public school system in San Francisco, not the best area um, at times. You know, he would teach uh, fourth, fifth junior high kids, and he has stories of kids bringing knives to school and all of that. But this kid seems to have been a problem every step of the way, every grade from middle school, several different classrooms. It wasn't that he brought a weapon to school for his own protection or he was a scary kid. All the boxes are checked from the threats, the killing animals, the uh, the the profanity, the the fighting, all of that. Uh, teachers said they were so uncomfortable around him, they didn't want to be in the classroom alone. That in middle school, he was banned from bringing a backpack to school. I don't know where you go. I- where you go is you got to call the police. Now, Broward County Sheriff's Department says they had 20 calls about this kid over right. the year. And the, well, F- the two tips to the FBI. Two tips to the FBI. But none of these dots were connected to take this kid out of the alternative track of feelings management and scared the hell out of by a cop. You know, never underestimate police officers when you're dealing with teenagers. Because police officers will scare kids straight in many situations. And I don't know if it could have been done here. Or, but this kid should have been on the law enforcement track. Or if they do try to scare the kids straight and they don't get a reaction, that cop knows. Yes. That is a red flag that the kid didn't react to an authority figure like that. This is a bad seed. Right. And, and that's the weirdest part about all of this. I got to imagine that that even though, I mean, today's a holiday, so there's no school in session that I know of. But the first thing that par- that that administrators are going to do, as uncomfortable as it might make them, you got to have a school site meeting where you go, listen, guys, this is uncomfortable. This is awkward, may even potentially be unconstitutional. But I want to come up with a list. I want to come up with a list of of current students or a recent past students who we know who we know could be a threat to this school that not only have they had behavior problems. Not only have they had in-class outbursts, profanity tirades that uh, came out of nowhere, problems at home that we know of and we can document, health issues that we have clearly seen, mental health issues that have reared their ugly heads, uh, potential contact with police, all of these things. We get all of these things together and go, you know what? There's six or eight kids on here that we need to make sure that the sheriff's department knows about or the local police department knows about so that if anything happens – If anything happens, we at least did our due diligence. Instead, we're going the opposite way and just throwing the really bad seeds into these counseling programs that don't do crap. And it's, well, I don't want to say they don't do crap because I would imagine the reason for this for this kid. Right. But we don't know how many kids have gone through there and have been I'm sure it works for some kids and I'm sure it keeps some kids out of law enforcement's hands that, that shouldn't be there. But when you've got teachers saying, I (laughs) be fine, sometimes you've got to pull back the curtain to find out how lonely it is at the traffic center on a holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, we'll talk more about this. Uh, It it looks like kids, by the way, were, were, like I said, talking to any adult they could find to say, hey, this is this guy's a problem. They went to administrators. They went to school counselors. Hell, they went to the head of the school security about this. And that's why the kid was expelled, it turns out. But then what happens? Does the school just 
wipe their hands of this kid? Well, there's there's a trust issue there. I would imagine that the school trusted that law enforcement would have this guy on their radar, which it appears they did to some degree, but not enough to prevent what actually happened last Wednesday. All right, more on this coming up next. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Mark wrote to us uh, at Gary and Shannon on Facebook. It goes on at every school because if kids are expelled or suspended, the school loses state money. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the that's the reason for this, that they're going to no, keep think, a, a potentially violent and dangerous student in school just so they get their state no, allocation. But it does make sense why they'd be throwing weight behind the program to throw them into, yes, you know, another track. Them. Yeah. Well, in this case, the Florida shooter, his middle school, his high school teachers referred him to individual. They referred him to family counseling. They held parent conferences. They talked with social workers. They sent him to in-school suspension. They sent him off campus. They even sent him to a school for emotionally disturbed youth. And then finally, after he was disciplined for a fight that he got into at Stoneman Douglas High School, they asked for an assessment for the threat that he posed to the school. And I don't know where I don't know who that comes from. I don't know if that's security personnel employed by the district or that you have law enforcement coming in uh, from outside agencies and doing this assessment. But he was ultimately expelled, which, of course, we know because... It happened about a year before he came back with a gun. The thing is, everybody who knew this guy, everybody knew in the schools and mental health authorities that he was entrenched in the process for getting students help rather than referred to law enforcement. If he was in all these programs, if he had all these red flags planted firmly in his past and present, why was he able then to go make this purchase? Why was he able... To have an AR-15 in his possession. Purchase it. Pass the background check. And the people that he stayed with, they must have known he had all these problems. Hell, you know mom knew. And I don't like to talk ill about the dead. She died a little after Thanksgiving last year. But mom knew. Mom was in all those parent-teacher conferences. Mom knew when he was sent to the special school. Mom knew when he made the purchase. All of that. Right. Well, this this is the um, the, the adopted parents who took this guy in have an explanation for what it well, is. Well, these that... aren't the adopted parents. These are the parents that j- took him in after he was... That's what I mean. His mom died. After his adopted mother died. Yeah. And, and after all this happened, at one point, you did get a chance to, to see Nicholas. And and what Briefly. did you say to him? Did he, And did he speak back to you? Did he say anything back? It was at the um, police station when they were going past us. And I basically... I went after him. I really wanted to, str- to strangle him <laughs> more than anything. And I just... Everything I wanted to say, just didn't, I, I tried to reserve myself. I said, "Really, Nick? Really?" You know, yelled at him, and he mumbled something, but I didn't hear it. And he said he, he said he was sorry. He said he was sorry, but I didn't hear that. I was just furious and heartbroken. Uh, uh, Absolutely, just heartbroken, devastated. I, I, I still can't process it, what he's done, because this wasn't the person that we knew. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And and he was friends with your son. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, how's your son holding up? Uh, he's he's angry. He's angry. He's betrayed. He's you know, um, he's upset. Furious. Um, he was at that school too, and he had friends at that school. I uh, I feel for this for this family. I mean, they were doing what they thought was the right thing and taking in a kid who 
had had a rough time. He had just lost his mother. Uh, yeah. and, and they had said, I mean, we know that you have weapons but and, and you could bring your AR-15, but you're going to put it in my gun safe and I have the key. At least that's what they thought, that they were the ones that had the key. Listen to this. September 2016, after yet another fight at school, he was referred to social workers, and a week later, the Department of Children and Families opened an investigation. This agency found that it was in the aftermath of a breakup with a girlfriend that this guy, who had been diagnosed with ADHD and autism, was depressed and cutting himself. The investigators found he was also interested in buying a gun. And then concluded he was a low risk for harm. Well, what you're you cutting do? yourself. <laughs> you are in wild. Thank you. <laughs> what what box needs to be checked for high risk? I mean, and, and, and you don't have to dig deep to find these this kid telling people he was going to kill them, and I'm, I can't wait to see you bleed. These students were reporting these text messages they got from this guy to administrators, to school security officials, and yet none of these dots were connected. I, I wonder if they're just doing it wrong, and this is a weird hindsight look at what is, what's going on, but if they were looking for a deeper mental health issue that, that perhaps, uh, or, or they were blaming it on a mental health issue that doesn't necessarily manifest itself in violence like paranoid schizophrenia people are are legitimately sick i mean they they cannot function when they're paranoid schizophrenics but they don't they don't act out violently for the most part and i wonder if they thought like they were just misdiagnosing this guy because everything that he did up to this point pointed towards violence and and witnesses had said i mean the fights the 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 violent language the threats that he was using against this kid who supposedly was dating his ex-girlfriend all of these things point to violence but they were not willing to look at that or they just assumed that that wasn't that wasn't going to translate into violence someday this is not an emotional kid who needs somebody to talk to this was a kid who was violent from go yeah, and how do you talk that out of a kid? I suppose counseling, et cetera, I mean, not to, not to say that it wouldn't help, but it obviously didn't in this case. Um, there's a whole lot to this. We'll get back into this in the 1 o'clock hour. We'll talk more about what's going on because uh, my daughter, as a matter of fact, started getting some of these messages yesterday and these tweets about the school walkout that is planned, not just for this week. There's also one coming up next, uh, or I should say April 20th, to coincide with the anniversary of the Columbine massacre and what it is that she asked me last night about whether or not she should be involved in that and how I responded to it. Yeah, I mean, I I understand all the upsetment from the kids and I love that they're all mobilizing and all of this, but could you imagine if your kids, I mean, leave the gun thing aside, imagine if you were a kid in that high school in Florida and you had gone to your supervisors, you'd gone to the teachers, you'd gone to the security officials and said, this guy... And nothing, and yet this was still able to happen. Yeah, you, that's where my anger would be. I think you don't have faith yeah, in any system some, now. Yeah. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll lighten it up just a little bit. There were a couple of things that happened over the weekend that we got to bring to you, including the um, the uh, the All Star Game national anthem, Fergie. I'm feeling bad for her at this juncture. No, 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 no. What? Well, you're gonna have to explain that because I. Well, it's just because everyone's piling on. That's what we do these days. Yeah, 
It's not right. Okay. Okay. Now it's not right. I've decided to be the nice police. Oh, boy. Well, get your badge and uh, get your badge ready, your cuffs ready, because you got some handcuffs to put on people. We're piling up. Got it. Gary and Jana will continue. Do you uh, spend a lot of time watching the All-Star game over the weekend, NBA All-Star uh, game? Zero time until zero this morning time. when what? I watched uh, Fergie's National Anthem. This is another reason I don't like it when my people when people call my dog Fergie. It's not his name. Because he is so 3,008 and you're so 2,000 late. Fergie from Black Eyed Peas and Fergalicious fame. I love Black Eyed Peas. I mean, in 2006, I loved them. <laughs> right. Uh, she came out and uh, sang the national anthem uh, at the uh, at the NBA All-Star Game at Staples Center. Oh, okay, right there. Well, okay, That's the so first three notes of the song. Here's the thing. I know what she was going for, a bluesy, jazzy kind of vibe. Um, let the national anthem be the national anthem. It, I heard somebody say this today on social media it should be about the song not about you don't try to reinvent the wheel just sing the damn song right that said the backlash is crazy you think it's uh, it's unwarranted i think it's a little unfair it's a little it feels a little heavy okay hold on she fergie accepted the offer to sing the national anthem at a nationally slash internationally televised sporting event. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was a bad she, call. Right. Should we crucify her over a bad creative decision? She stepped on her own landmine. She See, that own... kind of reaction right there to me is a little overblown. Socially. She stepped on her own social landmine. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, she made this decision. Here's the other thing. Fergie, knowing how these things work, Fergie didn't sit in her bathroom for the last three weeks rehearsing this thing, okay? She says to some friends, hey, I got some ideas on how I want to jazz up and bluesy up this uh, national anthem. So she sits a half a dozen people down in her living room. She did? And bel- I mean, come on. You're, this is your hypothetical. <laughs> this is my hypothetical. Okay. And she belts out something like this. Whoa, and I go, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before you even get into the third word of the song, what are you going for? She's Fergie, so nobody tells her no. Her team isn't going to be like, yeah, maybe want to reconsider. One one of the criticisms of Fergie, one of the criticisms of people like Katy Perry, uh, is that their their artistry is just their looks, you know, that, that they can't really sing. She can sing. She can actually sing. So just sing. Just do that thing where you, you sing. And you watch your mouth what you say about Katy Perry. But you get my point. Yeah, I There's do. a lot of people I who do. say that they she get it. can't. It's like the shtick. It's right. the whole production. Totally. Um, I just, and I and I think it was terrible, especially towards the end. Yeah. Was the, the banner part was the part that really killed me. I just feel bad because every single person hated it, you know? Through the night, 
unnecessary. <laughs> it's terrible. Right there is when. Uh, if we can yeah. make fun of Fergie on President's Day, then when can we? Right. I, I, Oscar, <laughs> as my new role as the nice police dictates. Uh, yeah. When everyone's hating on someone, yeah. I'm going to stand by them. All right. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. I'm going to start putting stories to really test that, you know, in, in the mix. Okay. <laughs> I mean, unless the person the killed part. someone. Basketball! Oh, yeah. no. Basketball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Go ahead. I want to hear the defense of her. I'm, 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 I'm eagerly anticipating why you feel like sticking up for her is the right I choice I think here. that I can stand with her uh-huh. while not defending her actions. Okay. How does that work? I don't know. Uh, I'm new to this nice thing. Shaquille O'Neal says, Fergie, I love you. It was different. It was sexy. I liked it. Leave her alone. Charles Barkley said he needed a cigarette after Fergie's... <laughs> After Fergie's performance, why she sounded like a phone sex operator while singing this national anthem. That's funny. I mean, there's there there have been people who have done things to the national anthem that they should be ashamed of. Roseanne Barr. Exactly. She even tweeted uh, that she preferred her own version to. Did she really? Yeah, she said kind of low key, but I preferred my oh, version God. to Fergie. Um, Draymond Green's face said it all. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. That's two minutes in. If you haven't seen the video, I think it's like two minutes in. Where is that the one where he's laughing? Was he the one who was laughing? He's the one that's like this. Yeah. <laughs> With his mouth open. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and, and, then I, he, and then he has like a little smirk right after yeah. that because yeah. he's like, "Whoa!" Even he knows right. it's crazy. Come yeah. on, this is just this is silly. It's just. It bothers me because, like I said, she can sing. All of the little vocal gymnastics stuff that she did there Unnecessary. Is, is proof to me she could actually just yeah. sing it and sing it very well if she wanted to. And she did the okay. It was just those couple parts that were, you know. Yeah, I'd off. like to see all of you guys do hey, it. Every time right. somebody sings the national anthem, everybody's always on pins and needles to You're see right. how they're going to ruin it. You're totally and right. And when they do a great job, everybody's like, Wow. We haven't seen that in a long time. Everybody right. did a good job. So, I feel like nobody says anything when you do a good job. You have to screw about? it up to get attention. What do, you, what do you think of when you think of the the, the penultimate? Whitney Houston. Exactly. What yeah, but, but that was back when we were nicer people. Nowadays. <laughs> Everybody gave pink credit. Uh, Even though you know, she, was she was sick. She was sick, yeah. yeah. I, would, I, I wish she wasn't sick because I wanted her to sort of usurp Whitney Houston as the next greatest uh, national anthem. No one will ever beat Whitney Houston's. Probably. Just because at that point her voice was so pure. Right. You know? And then you can't. It's like, hard to get that. You can't get rid of people's, like, memories of it. It lives True. on as, a, you True. know, a, a memory for a lot of people. So And how about that jumpsuit, that white suit mm. she wore? And she wore a sleeves. headband and everything. Yeah. Oh. oh. Love the 90s. Where did headbands go? <laughs> Let's bring them back. I'll bring them back. <laughs> that sounded like your dog, Fergie. Fergus. Coming up next, Terror in the Skies. I take it back. I apologize. I didn't mean to call your dog that name. Spangled Banner. <laughs> 
Stop it. You're piling on. <laughs> I don't like you as a nice police. This is an uncomfortable dynamic, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. Carrie and Shannon, KFI AM 640. I got that hit to beat the block. You can get that bass on below. I got that rock and roll. There is going to be a gun control rally held in downtown Los Angeles today. Coming up in moments, Chris and Carlos there and is going to be joining us later to tell us uh, all about it. Also coming up in the next hour, Dean Sharp joins us about how your kitchen and bathrooms are changing. Oh, more plants. Is that right? I don't know. I haven't read the piece yet. I'm I, excited uh, for Dean to recently tell me. put a plant in my bathroom. Oh, we are really bad with plants. So even if there was one in the bathroom, it'd be dead by now. Oh, we have a good terror in the sky story. Speaking of bad air. Yeah, bad air. <laughs> Flight 209er, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. Oh, boy. Well, there was a flight from Dubai to uh, to Amsterdam, Schiphol Airport. Say it carefully, Schiphol Airport. And um, one guy was causing quite an issue. He wouldn't stop passing gas. Two <laughs> two Dutchmen sitting next to him did not take very well to this flatulence. It was wind. Uh, what's funny to me is the different. There are several different ways. The British papers refer to um, what we would just simply call a fart. Um, they call them bottom burps. Mm. They call them trumpers. Trumpers. Or t- trumps. Uh, and the person issuing them would be the trumper. Uh, breaking wind, flatulence, and uh, saying that the the pilot didn't even take the wind out of this guy's sails. Hey, uh, mm. quick gas go around. Oh, boy. <laughs> you're doing with this but yes what name would you call a fart ah gary hoffman oh i don't know i have to change one of the words i would say a log honking for the right away <laughs> maybe we'll just stick with you all i right. feel like you've got yeah, more I, think you- <laughs> I feel like you've got enough for all of us tell us a few more gary I like uh this. a squeaker uh, instead of a bottom burp, I would call it a bottom cough, <laughs> depending on the violent nature thereof. In all those articles that we saw, bottom burp was my favorite. Bottom one. burp is a good one. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to stick with that one. What about an air tulip? Ooh, that's oh, a good one. wow. That's uh, Going back flowers. to the old uh, 16 Candles, uh, or I'm sorry, Weird Science. It was a, a, an air biscuit, wasn't it? I don't know. Loaded an air biscuit. So. Shannon, how about you? Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a boy. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. I, uh, uh, I have no experience with this, and I don't, uh, I don't come up with cute uh, names for nice it. Nice police strikes again. <laughs> oh, there she is. Perhaps you've heard of me. I'm Officer Farron of the Nice Police. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Well, okay. So this guy would not stop farting on the plane. The passengers were saying, "Dudes, you have to stop," and he said, "No." 
I, and he refused to hold back as okay. they as they write. I don't know anybody who has, when asked to stop doing that, has said no. A pilot even came back and talked to him. I know that the uh, planes are pressurized and everything, but there's <laughs> got to be some mechanism for opening the window. Just to like clear it out the, all the bad smell, which uh, is an air like. sucker. Like I've, it's I've just smelled... that recirculating air. I mean, they got filters in there and stuff. Well, but... I I was on a flight once. It was an international flight, and I can remember that because I was worried because it was maybe in the first couple hours that somebody changed their baby right behind me, and the smell, as everyone knows, from the diaper of a baby, or anyone for that matter. Is no bueno. Yeah. Diapers do not hold in the smell. And I remember thinking, holy hell, (laughs) I'm going to have to sit like seven more hours with this smell. Right. And the worst part of it is I'm going to get used to it. (laughs) You know, I'm not even going to smell it in like an hour. It's just going to seep in. Nose blind. Um, So that whenever you get off the plane, people are going to look at you and they're going to smell it on you? Yeah, but it went away pretty quickly, the smell of that diaper. So I don't know... I, I thought that it would linger just because you're in an airplane, uh, but I don't know if there's some way to, to suck up the bad smells. I, I'm not an airplane air conditioning expert. I would imagine that it recirculates pretty quickly and yeah. goes through the filters and it everything. It must have it's... because it it was like so terrible and then very quickly, within 10 minutes, it was all gone. Or it just burned your sense of smell. Like it, a temp- it could, like it, like it punched that. your sense of smell yeah. directly in the face yeah. and the stunning, you, you couldn't smell um, the the what they ended up doing was diverting the plane. They had to make an unscheduled stop. They landed in Vienna, and police came on board, took the guy who caused the ruckus because not only was it the uh, the Butkoffer guy, but it was also the guy who tried to get him to stop. And then two sisters who were seated next to them said they had nothing to do with this, but the police said that they were also part of the problem because they were originally involved in the fight over this guy and his um, you know. What would you do if there was a guy on a flight that uh, kept just letting the uh, the the bottom burps fly? Mm. Would you say something? I'd give him an Alka Seltzer. Does it depend if you're wearing your bird shirt or not? Probably. Yeah. Probably that makes me feel stronger. You were wearing your bird shirt on Friday night when we went bowling, and you noticed nobody bothered us. No. Not one person came up and started any trouble with us because they knew I was wearing my bird shirt. I told several people to go talk disparagingly about women within your earshot to see what would happen, <laughs> to see what the bird shirt magic would, would procure. And? I don't know. It was a protective bubble. I think everyone just looked at me like I was nuts. clearly like a force field uh, that that surrounded our entire party. You're still wearing your medal from your high bowling score. Oh, I didn't even realize that. This? Yeah, did you wear it all weekend? No. Maybe. You wore it to bed, didn't you? No. That not all night because it, I realized when I roll over it would it would, it would flip over and would put an impression on my chest that said winner backwards. <laughs> I would just like to point out there's a little caveat. Uh-huh. That there may be the reason why you won high bowling scores because you were the only one that did not have an alcoholic beverage the entire night. <laughs> You're like sober Sally over here. Oh, so I wasn't fun? Not really. Oh, never mind. I like I prefer you after a couple Manhattans. Well, I appreciate you gave me one and then I And I then you it, gave it to I someone it to else. <laughs> I have willpower, I think. I know. Um, wow. These new sexual uh, harassment allegations, misconduct, shall we say, 
against Christina Garcia. Christina, I, I'm I don't get this. How she can. She's so shady. Man, this oh, is the man. craziest. Like, to, to know that she was sitting on like the board, like the congressional board of uh, Save the Girls, and then behind uh, behind closed doors, she's groping guys, groping genitals and buttocks. And getting handfuls of junk play, left and right. Playing uh, middle school kissing games. Oh, and driving lessons have started for my daughter. I have a story about the very first thing I taught her I can't believe in you the did car. that. That's so terrifying. Uh, I don't know if it's terrifying. Gary and Shannon will continue right after this. National Weather Service meteorologist Andrew Rourke told Wake Up Call, many areas won't see the 70s all week. San Fernando Valley, San Gabriel Valley, they're going to see temperatures 32 degrees. It's going to be interesting. The growers around the area are going to have to worry about some freezes today. Just very cold uh, tonight and unfortunately again tomorrow Tuesday night. He says wind chill temperatures in the mountains could even drop to negative 10 Winter weather advisories are up for the mountains at least through tonight because of possible snow. The Inland Empire is under a freeze warning through tomorrow morning and a frost advisory through Wednesday morning. Police in Fullerton say the man whose car hit and killed a six-year-old girl had a blood alcohol level nearly three times the legal limit. The girl was killed Saturday when the man's car swerved out of control and onto a sidewalk. The girl had been playing in a neighbor's front yard. Police arrested the driver on charges of felony drunk driving, vehicular manslaughter, and driving with a suspended license. The man charged with killing 17 people at his former high school in South Florida has appeared in court for a hearing on what information could be made public. The 19-year-old kept his head down most of the time today. His lawyers asked that motions filed by the defense be kept sealed. The prosecution argued the motions should be public. It is the state's position that whatever the court is in possession of as way as motions should be unsealed. Now, if you want the state to file a written motion unsealing it, we can certainly do that. The judge ruled the motions could be kept sealed. The prosecution said it would file the appropriate paperwork. The high school teacher in Florida shot and killed while barricading a classroom has been remembered as a hero. More than 300 people showed up at Scott Beagle's funeral yesterday. Everybody that's walking in here is tired of the same old, same old. We are not going to just grieve and pray and forget about it. This time, it's got to change. Beagle's fiance told a story about him watching coverage of a school shooting one time. He asked her to promise she would not hail him as a hero if he died like that. Funerals are also being held for others. Two were killed for 14 year or two were held for 14 year olds killed in the shooting yesterday. ISIS has claimed responsibility for an attack that killed at least five people at an Orthodox church. The church is in a majority Muslim area called Dagestan. A man shot people as they left services on Sunday. Police say the man was a local and his wife was arrested to be questioned. Some scientists say birds have been stealing bears' thunder. Birds are often given credit for spreading plant seeds in their droppings. But researchers who track a wild berry plant in the Alaskan wilderness have found out local bears were eating way more berries than the birds. And since they ate more, the bears left more seeds behind during their bathroom breaks. The researchers say without bears, the wild berries would probably be more rare. Traffic from your helpful SoCal Honda Traffic Center crash in downtown L.A. on the 101. That's going to be on the 101 freeway northbound side at Mission Road. It looks like things have just been cleared from lanes, but it's going to be a tough ride coming away from 4th. And the southbound side of the 101, off and on delays from about Woodman to the 134. Then it gets slow again from Vermont over to the 110. Meanwhile, the northbound 110 is going to be a slow trip off and on coming out of south L.A. from the 105 out to the 101. 
Northbound 405, leaving the Inglewood stretch, bunches up from Century on over to the 10 freeway. Pretty heavy, actually, on the 5 freeway northbound side as they're coming out of the Buena Park stretch from Artesia on over to about Paramount. Southbound side also slowing down from Garfield to the 605. And delays if you're heading through Anaheim, 91 westbound side. That's going to jam up coming away from Weir Canyon to the 55. KFI in the sky helps get you there faster. I'm Jay Olin. This hour is sponsored by the One We Trust, attorney Sweet James Bergeter. As we mentioned, it's going to be chilly. Your forecast next. I've been thinking about going solar at my house now for over 20 years. Now I'm there. The technology has hit critical mass. The pricing has dropped dramatically. Energy prices keep going up. And if you've been thinking about solar, trying to figure out when, I'm going to suggest now. And I'm suggesting Sunlux. They really know their stuff. They stand behind their products and service with a 25-year bumper-to-bumper warranty that's unmatched in the industry. The Sunlux team has installed over 6,000 systems around Southern California. They custom-build every system. Every system is unique. Dean Sharp recommends Sunlux. They've just installed a system at his home, so they're installing my system. The average payback on a Sunlux system is four to five years. You save money day one. At the end of the payback, you have free energy at home forever. Call Sunlux, dial pound 250 on your cell, say Sunlux, pound 250 on the cell, say Sunlux, sunlux.com, CSLB license 1008374. The markets are closed for President's Day. Southland weather from KFI, sunny, windy, and chilly with highs just in the 50s to low 60s at the beaches, low 60s for Metro LA and Inland OC, 50s to about 60 for the valleys and Inland Empire. Winds gusting to about 35 miles per hour through tonight. We do have a slight chance of showers this afternoon in the IE. Clear skies tonight and cold with lows in the 30s and 40s, dipping into the 20s and 30s for the valleys and Inland Empire. Sunny tomorrow with highs just around 60 degrees. Then we're going to see highs in the 50s to low 60s through most of the week. It's 57 in Fullerton, 54 Rancho Santa Margarita, 53 in Palos Verdes, 55 in Santa Monica. We lead local. From the KFI 24-hour newsroom, I'm Amy King. Darkness right in front of me, oh, it's calling out and I won't walk away. I would always open up the door, always looking up behind the walls. Want to see it all, give it all. I was always up to make changes, walking down the street, meeting strangers. Gary and Shannon, on a Monday, President's Day, it's February 19th. Oh, Smell of fresh cut grass. Baseball games start this week. Did you ever this week? Did you ever get a hold of your father to wish him a happy birthday? Yes, I did talk to him on uh, Friday night. Okay, so he um, received the message. He did get the message, uh, and then said, "I'm out of the will." So, because <clears throat> apparently my sisters can read a calendar and. <laughs> And can call, I guess, on time. So I have some things I need to make up for. Anyway, uh, a little bit later this hour, Dean Sharp is going to join us, our house whisperer. We're going to talk about the changing nature of your kitchen and bath, how things are different now than they used to be. Uh, but let's start with this Christina Garcia gal. No. Shall we? Or, I'm sorry, that's not nice for me to say gal. Is that disparaging? No. Gal is fine. Would Christina Garcia consider it disparaging? At this point, it does not matter what she considers disparaging. Uh, I'm just going to say disclaimer. Assemblywoman Christina Garcia and what we're about to tell you about what goes on in her office is not dissimilar from what goes on in our office. 
Well, well there's a, there from, is a huge difference. There is no except toxic for, environment okay. in our right in, that we know of. Our office except is all about for creativity like, and love. Yes, and I can clearly. Sorry, mind check there. I was going to say <laughs> I had to double check. I can clearly say, in the two and a half years that we've been in that office, never once have my genitals been groped by anyone who works here. I can also attest to that. Wait that hasn't happened to me. You and your wife are doing weird genital grabbings in what? there? No. Well, you so look any- at my genitals. What is that? <laughs> Good Lord. Um, uh, you just said n- by no one that's worked here, which makes me believe that you've been groped by someone who doesn't work here, which is your wife. Mm. I mean, you guys are doing weird gropey stuff in there. That's fine. I'm just... Well, okay, so we don't answer that. We don't. Okay, so wait, we don't have the groping, right? And we also don't have spin the bottle. No, we don't. So that's good. David John Kernick has uh, filed a claim, a formal complaint with the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, saying that he was fired from his job in Christina Garcia's Assembly District office for questioning the propriety of asking staff members. To play spin the bottle. He's 38 years old. He worked for the assemblywoman for five months back in 2014. And he describes a night, uh, a night of heavy drinking in which assemblywoman Garcia ends up sitting on a hotel room floor with about a half a dozen people, including her staffers, and prompts them to play spin the bottle. Hmm. He says it was definitely uncomfortable. He says the assemblywoman's suggestion was met with discomfort by the group and then ignored. It muddies the waters, he said. Now, this is, yes, you're right, the same Christina Garcia, the same Democratic assemblywoman who was in Time magazine as a silence breaker, one of the first to speak out about sexual misconduct, one of Time's persons of the year. She was on the Legislative Women's Caucus, not just in the caucus, she ran the thing. Let's find a different word. We say group. What's your problem with caucus? thought it would be obvious, but anyway, go on. She is now on unpaid voluntary leave of absence because she faces a legislative investigation over allegations of sexual harassment and groping connected to a separate incident. Listen to what was going on in this office. Well, they, they were, Kernick is one of um, three, one of four people who signed an open letter to the assembly speaker that charged that assemblywoman Garcia um, was drinking heavily with her staffers, all these sexually charged meetings, the raunchy conversations to highlight intimate details of her sex life, etc. In separate interviews, these uh, Garcia said that they left her office in part because of the regular pressure to accompany their boss to these alcohol-fueled evening events. That she would always say, we're going to happy hour, let's go. And it was just kind of like this peer pressure, boss pressure thing to go to happy hour. And these kids were like, I don't want to go to happy hour and drink with you. I want to go home. She's like, no, come on, come on, let's go. Um, There were team building things like mimosas during the office work hours. Oscar? (laughs) Yes, Shannon. I'm not feeling close to you guys. Need a workshop coming up? I'm feeling up? like we uh, need it, team building. Is it a Mimosa Monday? <gasps> yeah. Wine no, Wednesdays? Nuts. Um, we can we can do it one for every day of the week. The industry lobbyist said Love he was surprised that. last year when during one of the late morning policy meetings in the Assemblywoman's Capitol office, she was pulling beer from a kegerator. 
you can have that in the we, state capital? Oh, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, uh, uh, Governor Schwarzenegger had a cigar tent. Why not have a kegerator? Completely different. We essentially the, have the, a kegerator. The tent was set all up on have, the grounds of the Capitol, and it was outside. All we have in that one refrigerator in the office is beer. The entire thing. There's not even food product in there. That's basically <laughs> That's a, a poor man's kegerator is that, what we have. Not true. But we do need two refrigerators in there. Um, she was offering beer in red solo cups to the group of lobbyists, even though this lobbyist said it was sometime between 11 a.m. and noon. What are a little our, early? What color are our solo cups, Oscar? I think we have silver ones. I think we do have some silver ones. Yeah. The assemblywoman says she has zero recollection of the groping incident. Because she was wasted. She, oh. All she does is, is that drink defi- all day in her office. Is that a defense? Um. No. Well, when, when you're an assemblywoman yeah. heading the legislative women's caucus and trying to to cry Me Too movement leadership, you don't get to go around groping people and then say, "Oh, I was I had uh, cocktails." Well, in the 1960s, uh, I'm going to use Mad Men as an example. 60s and 70s. Yes. We can assume there weren't a whole lot of women in the state legislature in the 60s and 70s. I don't know the exact number, but isn't it likely that Ninety percent of the state legislators had that old crystal set oh, sure. on the corner there with some some whiskey and some assorted spirits in it. And they'd Oscar, have a couple of pops in the. Uh, why do we not the have afternoon? a crystal set with like a thing of bourbon or something fancy? I don't know. We don't drink too much here at work. Maybe uh, we there could is change that. that. Yeah, there I just like that. the look of those. Don't they just look cool with the crystal? I could the- get a, gl- you know, like a globe, and then you open it up, and it has like the full bar set in there. Oh, that's we, cool. We can get one of those. That sounds cool. And then we'll tell everybody, yeah, it's just a globe that we have for the office. But when they walk away, we'll <laughs> break out all the drinks. <laughs> yeah, because we don't want to pressure anyone. Of course. Um, Delaine Easton, a former state superintendent of public instruction, she is currently uh, the the highest polling woman in the governor's race. Said that. It's likely that Garcia should probably get ready to step down. Yeah. She says the old line is the kettle shouldn't call the pot black. If you say this is my value, you ought to live up to the value that you set. She should look in the mirror and say, I called on these other men to resign. Should I? She says integrity is really an important part of what we do here. So. That's the thing. I mean, there would be some people that would argue, oh, she's just super cool. And she uh, has mimosa team building meetings and. Okay, then then go in the private sector and do that. I don't want to be paying your salary, expecting you to get real work done with the amount of taxes we donate to you in Sacramento and know that it's being used for mimosa parties and groping parties and spin the bottle parties. You want to go have fun? Go work in the private sector. You should be there to get work done for us. And if nothing else, just drink on your own time. A kegerator in your capital office? That's ridiculous. I mean... If that should, it's that alone when should you're be paid for by the taxpayers. So you're saying we could have a kegerator yes. and it wouldn't raise any. That's suspicion. exactly what I'm saying. For and rec- also one of those little crystal sets. For the record, I've never played uh, spin the bottle. Ever? No, never. Never have I ever played spin the bottle. Never have I ever. I remember playing in middle school before knowing what really it was. It was like a garage party in 1992 or something, <laughs> and playing spin the bottle, and then. Uh, 
<laughs> and then only letting him like kiss me on the. I never kissed Ooh. anyone before. You say him who? Uh, well, I don't. I yeah, try. You don't want to say his name. I don't want to say his not? name. Why not? You know exactly who it is. I do. I do. But I tried to do. I was. We were talking about it earlier in the office. And I'm like, oh, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. He doesn't work here. <laughs> How about you, Gary? Do you remember your first spin the bottle? Yes. And it was in Carissa Moreno's house, and it was Heather Cousins that I kissed. Did you kiss her on the mouth? Yes. How old were you? Fifteen. Oh, okay. Was 16? it in front of everybody, or did you have to do seven minutes in heaven? No, no, no. It was all. Uh, it was all out in the open. Did you get in trouble for it? Yes. By who? The girlfriend who was sitting next to me. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> what? It was a different time. You would do that. It was Gary. a different time. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, driving lessons. Teaching Can I show your you kid, my new medal? I'm a winner. Teaching your kid to yeah. drive. Yes. Oh, I, Everyone's got a story about learning to drive. I have a tactic that I have not employed before. I didn't do it with my son, and I realized that I let him down. So I did it with my daughter yesterday. I would have been terrified if I was your kid. Gary and Jana will continue. Amy King, what's up? Dozens of teenage students are lying down in front of the White House to demand President Trump take action on gun control following the deadly shooting in Florida. One is holding a sign asking, am I next? President Trump isn't there. He's in Florida. A woman in Scripps Ranch has been arrested for keying cars. Lots of them. Investigators say about 30 cars have been vandalized since last month. Her motive, not clear. A man trying to clear weeds from his property in San Diego had a bit of an accident. Fire officials say he was using a handheld propane torch when high winds blew the flames and set his house on fire. The guy's okay. The fire did about $10,000 damage. Your sunny and chilly forecast and some trouble on the five next. Do you have type 2 diabetes? If so, attend the free diabetes lunch seminar this Saturday in Newport Beach. Type 2 diabetes is a terrible disease that can lead to blindness, heart disease, kidney failure, loss of toes and fingers, and early death. Next Advanced Medicine, an MDDC practice, has shown hundreds of diabetics how to reverse their disease, reduce and eliminate their need for prescription medication, and lose weight without exercise. Bill Handel's brother-in-law, Steve, has been a diabetic for over 10 years. On advice from Handel's wife, he went to the seminar and entered the program. In three months, his diabetes was reversed. He lost over 30 pounds, dropping 10 of his 14 medications, and says now he's amazed at the results. The first step is to attend the free diabetes lunch seminar this Saturday in Newport Beach. Call now and the lunch seminar is free. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say diabetes. Call now before it fills up. On your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say diabetes from the norm reeves honda weather center sunny windy highs in the 50s to low 60s winds gusting to about 35 miles per hour through this evening traffic from your helpful socal honda traffic center crash in san clemente on the five northbound side before el camino real where the far left lane is blocked traffic already very tough from Barcelona. Getting into Encino, northbound side of the 101 at Balboa. There's a wreck in the far left lane. That's going to back things up from Sepulveda with southbound delays from Van Nuys Boulevard to the 134. And getting through Ontario, eastbound 60 at the 15. Got a crash here with an overturn big rig. Traffic is pretty heavy coming away from Archibald. This update brought to you by Southern California Edison. KFI in the sky helps get you there faster. I'm Jay Olin. Southern California Edison. Did you know that electric vehicles cut carbon emissions by 70%? What is your EVIQ? Discover the benefits of an EV at sce.com slash EV.
Donate your car today with 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a vacation voucher of three days and two nights. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. Donate your car today. Remember, that's cars with a K. If you are convicted of DUI, you could lose more than your driver's license. You could lose your job, too. I'm attorney Darren Cavanoke, founder of 1-800-NO-CUFFS. And don't worry, if you're arrested, it can be contested. There's more than 59 reasons why DUI chemical tests can be wrong, and we know the ones that can tip the scales of justice in your favor. We nail the things that matter, like saving your license and your job. So call 1-800-NO-CUFFS, because no one looks good in handcuffs, unless you're into that sort of thing. 1-800-NO-CUFFS. Siete du Soleil presents Lucia, the astounding big top show. The Daily News says Lucia is a fantastical experience. Lucia by Siete du Soleil, playing February 21st to March 25th at OC Fair and Event Center. Tickets at SiteDuSoleil.com. Hi, I'm Meryl Kern, a breast cancer survivor and co-founder of Liftique with Dr. Robert Applebaum, a board-certified plastic surgeon. I've met many of you at our Liftique offices in Beverly Hills and Orange County. Some of you have had milestone birthdays, some are starting over after divorce, but you all want that youthful, rested appearance you once had. I felt the same way after my health issues. When you look more attractive, you feel more confident, like a light's turned on in your eyes. If you have jowls or crepey neck skin... Come to Liptique's Lunch and Learn event Sunday, February 25th from 1130 to 130 at the Grove in Anaheim. Here's what an attendee had to say. I wanted to be able to come and actually hear about the procedure and see what it was all about. The fact that I got to actually meet the doctors that do the procedures was amazing. Call 1-800-598-5000 now to register for our Anaheim event. That's 1-800-598-5000. Or go to Liptique.com for more information. That's L-I-F-T-I-Q-U-E. For a younger-looking you. If you've been injured in a car accident, a bike accident, or pedestrian accident, you need the right attorney to defend you. Get compensation and medical attention at no out-of-pocket cost to you. Go to 1-800-THELAW2.com or call 1-800-THELAW2 now. It either is or it isn't. When it comes down to it, that's all that really matters when choosing a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz. It's either certified by Mercedes-Benz factory-trained technicians or it isn't. It's either backed by an unlimited mileage warranty for up to five years, or it isn't. It's absolute confidence in 30,000 precision parts, or it isn't. The Mercedes-Benz Certified Pre-Owned Sales Event now through February 28th, only at your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. Come in today and take advantage of two years of complimentary prepaid maintenance and special financing offers available through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. There are those who settle for nothing less. For them, the choice is simple. It's either up to Mercedes-Benz standards, or it isn't. It's flawlessly maintained, or it isn't. It's either Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned, or it isn't. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on certified pre-owned warranties. 
SoCal Gas has an easy way for you to save natural gas this winter and get up to $75. Eligible customers with an Ecobee or Nest thermostat can enroll in the SoCal Gas Smart Thermostat Program. Your thermostat may be lowered automatically a few degrees to conserve natural gas. Hurry, this is a limited-time promotion and you must enroll by March 1st. Not an Ecobee or Nest customer? SoCal Gas has great rebate offers for the purchase of both brands. Sign up now to earn up to $75 at SoCalGas.com slash SmartTherm. Terms and conditions apply. As a physician assistant who sees dozens of patients living with HIV AIDS in Los Angeles every week, the first question I hear is, how do I get my medicine? The second question I hear is, how do I get housing? At AIDS Healthcare Foundation, we are stepping up to tackle homelessness in Los Angeles. Our Healthy Housing Foundation is quickly creating safe housing for victims of this public health disaster. We urge our slow-moving L.A. City leaders to do the same. For more information, go to ahf.org. So you can't even have gender-based graduation gowns or attire for yearbook pictures. Are we all supposed to wear asexual tunics now? <laughs> Rock. So we look like pot people? John and Ken, today at 2, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Gary and Shannon. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to get into some of the Olympic stuff that was going on. Uh, the, did you see the wardrobe malfunction? Yes. The French ice dancer? That's yes. got to... I don't know. She said it was the most embarrassing thing that's ever... Like a, a true nightmare come true. Well, she had a pasty on. What? A uh, nipple pasty. Well, I know, I know what that is. I'm oh. just saying I didn't... I, I think it's better one. if a... Ni- oh, you just saw her nipple? Yeah, well, I mean, the picture, the freeze frames that are all over the Twitters. Oh. I thought she was wearing a pasty. I think someone I think someone may have put that on there oh. so that you could see it. Oh, okay. And share it without feeling guilty. Is this uh, the girl related to Petros Papadakis? Yes. <laughs> I don't think they're related, but, uh, but yes, that's her name. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Also, uh, on curling, I just saw them measure something for the first time in curling. Like to mm. see which rock was is that closer like to a, the middle. Is that a, like a tense moment in curling when Very they bring tense. out the That's uh, as tense as it gets. The chains. <laughs> Basically. Is that a first down? <laughs> um, so anyway, we'll talk more about that. There was a uh, moment in my life this last week that was a terrifying moment. Should we get music on? Um, it's my, okay. We don't need to. My daughter oh, wow. got, got had her. That, had that ready? <laughs> my daughter got her uh, permit. At 15 and a half. So she's now a permitted learning driver. And the way it works now in the state of California is you've got to have two hours with a licensed instructor instructor behind the wheel before you can drive with your parents. Mm-hmm. So Saturday she did that. Saturday she sat down with or the guy pulls up to the house and she gets in the car and drives away for two hours. Which was totally fine because we were totally fine. Like, I think my wife even took a nap while she was driving with this other guy. Well. I mean, I stayed awake. Yeah. I couldn't, like. Right. And I had my phone. And my wife <laughs> made sure. Things so quickly. Tell me about it. So she was very eager after that, of course, to drive with us because then she gets more hours behind the wheel. I think you have to have 50 hours before you take your actual test. Yeah. Which won't be until August. So there's plenty of time for her to get all these hours. So yesterday, we go to the old uh, empty parking lot Mm -hmm. and we're driving around and uh, she wants to pull into a parking spot. I mean, that's 
I guess when you're 15, you think that's going to be the hardest part. I never think about that now, but I've been driving for 30 years, so it doesn't, right. it's not a big deal. So I know that one of the things that is hard for a teenager to imagine is driving under stress and what to do in those events when something happens, whether you see an accident in front of you or there's a lot of traffic or whatever's going on that, that just can add stress to that situation. So she pulls into a parking spot. And again, there's no one around. And then says, do you think I could back into that spot that's behind us? Sure. Give it a shot. So she rolls about five feet out of the parking spot. And I start screaming at her. <laughs> You're the worst. Stop. Stop the car. Stop. the! You just hit that guy. Stop the car. Stop. Pull into the parking spot. Pull forward into the parking spot. Keep moving. Don't stop. Keep moving into the parking spot. Do not, do not stop until you park. Park this car right now. Park the car. I'm screaming at her from the passenger seat. And her eyes get huge. Well, because she hadn't hit anything. Well, she did hit something. I mean, in my mind. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. But I had to add stress to her life because everything was too easy at that point. She got an easy life it's, right now. It's a very simple lesson to say if you hit somebody no, to d- no. then do this. You don't have to actually Really because when re- you hit when you get into an accident, the first thing you think of is, "Oh, I remember what I should do. I should be nice and I should take out my insurance." That's and true. Make sure everyone's okay. I still don't know what to do. Well, so she parks the car and looks at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. What is going on? And I said, "Turn the car off." So she turned the car off, and I said, you just got into an accident with that car that was driving past you as you were backing out. What do you do? And she goes, don't admit that I was at fault. (laughs) I said, okay, yes, but that's later. What's the first thing you do? Let's assume you have three people in the car. She goes, well, I don't know. I said, do you say, is everybody okay? Everybody's okay. I said, you get out, and you make sure everyone's okay over there. And if they're not, what do you do? Well, I'd call the police. Yes. Or paramedics or somebody to make sure everything's... And then what do you do? Let's say it's just a minor thing. What do you do? So she's not quite sure. So I said, first thing you're going to do is make sure you get the person's name. And you can write down or take pictures take of their picture car. Take a cell phone of their driver's license. The driver's license. Yeah. I said take a picture of their insurance card. Take a picture of their car. Mm-hmm. Take a picture of your car. Take a picture of the where you are, like what streets are nearby or the intersection you're in, whatever it is. So that when you call me, you can tell me that all that stuff is taken care of. So that when I call the insurance company, it's taken care of. Is that, I said, where, do you, where would you find the insurance card? Over there? She just kind of does this, like, sweeping hand gesture to the glove compartment. Yes, it is in there. So I pulled it out. I actually put it in the visor so she knows where to look for it, where to keep it, in the event that something like that happens. So when we get... (laughs) We drove for a few more, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes. We get home, and she says to my wife... "Uh, I'm never going with Dad again? (laughs) She goes... My wife goes, how'd it go? She goes, ah... Dad was yelling at me because I hit somebody. What? No, no, she didn't. I told, you know, and I told my wife I was going to do that. So anyway, that's what I did for my. And what did your wife think about your teaching lesson moment? She was a little uh, aghast at it. But at the same time. This is the first time your daughter got in the car with you for a driving lesson. Yeah. 
And you teach her, this is the first lesson you teach. Yeah, because not, at that uh, point. Not a roll to a nice stop, not a keep that. a defensible dif- distance, we talked about a stale all that. yellow, a parallel parking, even if you want to get crazy on the first time. But you uh, simulate a crash. She's a teenage girl. <gasps> and I just want her to be prepared for a stressful situation. Because teenage girls can't handle it as well as teenage boys? Or that well, teenage girls drive worse. When than my son was boys. in an accident, I was in the car with him when someone ran into us. Yeah. So he had me as the, but but he was still incredibly nervous yeah. and terrified about it. But so I wanted terrifying. to get her out in front of that. So anyway. but no, that's that's very good. I don't listen to what I say. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will continue. Dean Sharp is going to join us up next. Shannon, KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Well, it looks like former Vice President Joe Biden is thinking about a potential run for the presidency. We'll have the latest coming up in Swamp Watch. Also, gun control rally in downtown L.A. this hour. Chris and Carlos there will join us coming up in the one o'clock hour about everything that went down. Mm. Hmm? What's wrong? Uh, Dean Sharp, host of... Uh home here on KFI yes. on Sundays, uh, gives us a little heads up every week about what it is that he's going to be talking about so that we can uh, prep on our minds how we want to approach the topic. Mm-hmm. Last line of this week's email is, we eat and poop there. We're talking about our kitchen. That wasn't the... And uh, our bath, <laughs> respectively. That wasn't I'm the tagline for Alien, was it? No. Okay. No, no. Um, would have made a good one, though. But the importance <laughs> of... In the, space, <laughs> no one can hear you. <laughs> when you eat and poop. <laughs> well, we're talking about kitchens and baths because not only are they, you know, important parts of our homes, it's it's probably the two spaces in your house you're going to use every day, regardless of where you live or what you're doing. Those are the two places that you almost have to visit. Input, output. They are. That's I was going to ask it. you this, guys, the, the, this question to you guys, but. You already know the answer. They are unquestionably the most important rooms in a home. The most important rooms. The kitchen and the bathroom. By far. And the reason is not just functionally, because we have to eat and poop and do all of those <laughs> kinds of things as a necessity physically. But they they really, and I love this kind of stuff because as a designer, I love getting underneath these things so that we can better understand where design is going to go and where it's where it's headed and and where we want it to go they embody the very definition of what home is for americans and i know that sounds very kind of patriotically you know inflated but it's really true it's really true and that's what we're actually this sunday we're going to be talking about that we will not be bothering people with fergie like uh, national anthems. Will you? Oh. Tina has convinced me not to do my live version of the national anthem set to the tune of uh, the Fresh Prince of well, Bel Air. God bless her for that. Oh, I, I'll I'll sit through that. <laughs> it is it's one to hear. It sounds pretty good. Gary is scoffing at it it's right okay. now but later today in his <laughs> in his most private moment he's, he's going to it. he's going to think to himself yeah. what does the national anthem sound wait well this is a story uh, nah, nah, nah. 
Hey, and you know what? It's going to bring him joy. Are you going to take calls uh, from people in their bathrooms on Sunday? I'll take calls from people anywhere. Awesome radio. (laughs) I will not be in the bathroom when I take the call, but I will take calls from any. All right, so here's the point. Uh, The two most meaningful aspects of home when it comes to American culture are community and privacy. And that is why the kitchen and the bathroom stand as the unchallenged uh, uh, kings of the home. The kitchen represents community, and more and more so than ever before. The bathroom, privacy, which we'll get into with like your toilet training experience later, maybe <laughs> next segment, Shannon. My toilet training? Yeah, and how it changed your life in more I than just one way. I don't remember being toilet trained. Yeah, but something really significant happened. Oh, okay. But that's, that's the bathroom. Okay. So the kitchen, I didn't know you were there. Um, <laughs> I'm just guessing. Okay. I'm guessing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the, the, so if we were going to decode kitchens, right, the secret code for kitchens uh, is the circle. It's the huddle. It's the, it's the community, which is also, by the way, why football was destined to become a co-equal or even uh, more of a national pastime than baseball. Because football as a game, the structure of football, is very much like family life. It's very much like home. It's huddle, go out there, try and get something done, and you know succeed, or, succeed or fail, back to the huddle. Mm-hmm. And you go out and then back to the huddle, back home and out and back home, right? So, I mean, it feels like life. It feels like home. Americans like the rhythm of football. It's also why pizza is... The most popular party food because it's round. It's a. It is like it comes out of the box saying, "I am a communal food. Everybody <laughs> circle around me and partake." <laughs> what? I think that it's one's true. a leap, but I will. It give is it, not a I'll leap. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on this. All, All right. right. Anyway, so so the point of this is, I and, am a communal food. Eat me. You know what? If you were a pizza, that's exactly what you'd it's, be saying. Yes. Um, so anyway, so that's probably why those square pizzas failed. Yeah. Remember that when little Caesars went for the squares, it has been actually studied again and again. Do do you prefer square or round pizzas? Everybody without a doubt. It's gotta be round. Why? I don't know. I, I mean, well, part of it is I don't like change. Every piece has crust. If it's a, if yes. it's a round pizza. Bingo. Really? You think that's the only thing? You're just going to just shoot the whole thing well, down. I think crust it's is more important it's, than it's circles. It's because we circle around it. Okay. All right. Anyway, listen. We can agree to. Here's the point. Here's how it's affecting kitchens. Yes, okay. kitchen. Uh, it's been this way for quite a while, but now we are becoming more and more self-conscious of the fact that the kitchen really, its primary job, especially now, is not to serve food, but to serve up community in our homes. It is now a multi-purpose room, not just a place. You know, it's not just a a, a, a clinical environment. Where so, what food do we need to do to prepped. it? Well, people are asking me, like, are kitchens getting bigger? Does that mean kitchens are getting bigger? Not necessarily. Uh, not a lot of folks have room to make their kitchens bigger, but kitchens are becoming more open. Kitchens are now one half of the family room. That is what is happening with the modern American kitchen. That makes sense. Interesting. Most requests for open concept have to do with connecting family rooms to kitchens. 
Well, and part of that is television as well. Well, part of it is television so that you can watch TV while you're in the kitchen. But it's also so whoever's in the kitchen doesn't feel alone in there. It's so that there's this communal aspect because there are going to be people watching TV, sitting in the family room. Now, uh, you know, islands and peninsulas with seating uh, tables. We are seeing a huge return of literally the kitchen table, which disappeared before World War II. The kitchen table used to be the only thing in the kitchen. Other, you know, in the 1800s, other than the stove and an icebox was the kitchen table. You don't have a kitchen table. No. No, but he, they've but got that big island. Right. right. Yeah. And it's all open. Right? I just realized. On, that. And it's side. open into the living room. So Did it's, you used right. to have so a kitchen table? It's all table? one room. Over where the couches are? No. Huh. How often do you guys use the dining room? Eh. Eh. Once right? a week, once every couple of weeks. Right. Every once in a while and holidays. Yeah. When the big... Otherwise, we are living in that conjoined space. So what's uh, that doing to kitchens? It's making them. Do we have time? No. We've got to go. we we gotta gotta take go. a break, right. and then we've got to talk about poopers. Yeah, we're going to talk about your potty training experience. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, Gary and Shannon will continue. Dean Sharp has joined us from the uh, from home. Everyone likes a toilet because it's round. <laughs> shouldn't talk to Canadians or about Canadians that way. They're such a peaceful kind of people. Not on the curling ring. Uh, what do they call that? I don't know. The curl? I'll Google it. It's round. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <clears throat> the ring is. It's probably least. why it's so popular. House. No, that's not why. It's because they have a lot of, lot of ice and nothing to do with it. So why not skip some stones across there? Um, uh oh, here comes that measuring stick. I told you, you guys, this is like this, this is, is where, this is where curling gets serious. Yeah, that that white one, the red one, is obviously closer than the yellow one, and the red one is the United States stone. It's got some kind of gauge on it. Yeah, it is. And what look at the, that. What is She's, that thing doing? Nope, not even close. Nope. Red one wins. So that's an extra point for the United States. They just pulled ahead of Canada, USA versus Canada in curling. Oh. That's a big deal Can because curling is the uh, NFL of Canada. This is incredible. One day I want to be. If we could beat the the Canadians, oh, I want to be uh, in uh, as good a shape as those guys are. One day, easy. The curlers. When I become a professional athlete, <laughs> not nice. Well, <laughs> if, what? I was just going to say, if there's one sport that you could get into. It could, I, wow. I mean, at an Olympic Thanks, level. Yeah. Because Thanks, these, well, I'm just saying the curlers don't look 22. We could all still keep our Olympic hopes alive if we just got good at curling. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, I think Gary, we should it's do it. The curling rink. Why don't we do it is. that? It's called a rink. Why don't yeah. we do that? Uh, Why don't we do that before winter's over? Just what? Start curling? That's yeah. ambitious. Was it, why don't we just put together the KFI curling team? It's totally fine. Okay. There's a place in Orange County. There's plenty of places around. Let's there. do it. Uh, Dean Sharp has joined us, host of uh, ha- uh, host of Home here on Sundays, um, and we're talking about kitchens and bath, and mm-hmm. kitchens are round, and we love them like pizza. Sure, and toilet. That and was our takeaway. <laughs> bathrooms <laughs> are also one of those areas in our house that is uh, just as important, if not potentially more important, than the kitchen, depending on in some ways, uh, depending so on what you need it. Kitchens for. bring us this is 
So, so the takeaway today is this. It's not that any of these things are particularly brand new. It is that we are constantly evolving in our understanding of, of American culture and how we are interacting with homes. And what we're beginning to realize, the reason why kitchens and baths are changing is because we are becoming more self-consciously aware of what we need out of them. They're not just these utility spaces. They have deeper emotional connections to us. And so, like we said last segment, the kitchen represents community. I mean, it is our now, our multi-purpose community center. The bathroom is the other end of that polarity. The bathroom is all about privacy, which brings us, Shannon, to your uh, toilet training experience, which you don't remember, right? So here's the thing. This is the magic thing that happened to all of us. The moment you learned to use a toilet, okay, something... I never thought when I woke up this morning, this is where the day was headed. Something life-changing happened, okay, something very significant. The gods of your life at that time, that your parents rewarded you with your first taste of privacy and self-sufficiency, right? Probably for the very first time ever, the vast majority of Americans, once they had conquered toilet training, your parents actually looked at you and said, it is okay for you to separate yourself from the rest of the family. Go into that room alone and shut the door. That's some deep stuff right there, Dave. And, and you know what? That has never left us. That has never left us. Even now, like when we're in, in public at parties or whatever, even if you don't have to go, when you just need a break, yeah, right, or anything. I think right, a lot of husbands yourself. hide from their wives by taking uh, longer bathroom breaks than are really necessary, to be exactly. honest. Why are you looking at me? Uh, I'm not a bathroom reader, if that's what you're getting at. No, no, no. Like somebody takes a paper I was just or saying, the magazine I know at and... least one person in my life who would go into the bathroom for prolonged periods of time to get away from his wife at the time. Wow. Well, I mean, we all – this is the point. We are finally starting to realize – because people have said for a while, oh, isn't that cute in the luxury realm that, oh, you're doing your bathroom like a spa or whatever – no, the reality is we are all starting to realize that the American bathroom is a retreat. That is fundamentally from the beginning how we have used it. And so it's changing the way we actually design bathrooms. So it's one of the reasons, by the way, there's a plant in your bathroom. Who would think of that, right? Yeah. It's because we're living in our bathrooms more because we are going for that uh, privacy. Somebody asked me the other day, are bathrooms getting bigger? Uh, yes, they are. But what's interesting is they are not, uh, they're growing in size relative to the size of the master bedroom, but the whole suite is not getting bigger. So bathrooms are more taking uh, taking up more space of the master bedroom space. So Hmm. what used to be like, oh, well, I've got a nice roomy master bedroom. Here's the bed and and the closet's over there. Now I have this little sitting area. People are realizing I never sit in that sitting area in my bedroom. But people spend their time in the bathroom. So the bathroom is beginning to uh, eat up the sitting area in the bedroom. So the bedroom is now back to what it's supposed to be, a a room for the bed, Mm. okay, and some room to get dressed. And the bathroom is becoming larger. Some bathrooms now, uh, bathroom suites are 
the same size or a little larger than the bedrooms that they're attached to. Wow. And people are embracing that because the bathroom is a place to spend time, to be on your own, to be yourself, and so on. So media is coming into bathrooms. It's, it, it really is the reason, I think, that, uh, that we're hearing all about all of the high-tech toilets. Okay, Not all the grody functions of toiletry. It's just the fact that it's a seat, it's a warm seat, it's a comfortable seat, it's, it's furniture for the bathroom. And so we're really just starting to realize, and, and I think, <clears throat> I don't see this as a trend, I think, or, or I should say it is a trend, it's not a fad. I think so we'll just stick around. It's because our homes are architecturally mirroring that American story. Dean and that's Sharp, where we're at. the House Whisperer, host of Home here on KFI. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, Monday. But whenever. Yeah. Okay. See you at the curling rink okay. round. Okay. The curling round. <laughs> Better name for that. All of what's trending coming up next on Gary and Shannon. Shannon, it's freezing out there, and it's windy as hell. Got a wildfire up there in Bishop. Tripled in size overnight, threatening hundreds of structures. Burning through shrapnel brush, shrub oak, burned four square miles. Just north of Bishop there. Mandatory evacuation orders in place for several communities, campgrounds. Bless you. Thank you. That's your fourth sneeze this morning. Okay, relax. It's just a little dusty in here. Are you getting sick? No, I'm not getting sick. Hey, what else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Well, Google is uh, saying that it can now apply artificial intelligence to your eyeballs to see whether or not your heart is working correctly. Google's presenting its findings today in Nature Biomedical Engineering. Did you get your? Uh, well, it's an online journal. MBE. But I am expecting to uh, to follow along with Peruse the presentation a little it. bit later. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the method is as accurate as predicting cardiovascular disease through more invasive measures that involve sticking a needle in a patient's arm. Now, Google does say more research needs to be done. This is pretty damn cool. It's, now, they have shown some correlation, they say, between retinal vessels and the risk of a major cardiovascular episode. And what Google does is it looks into your eyeballs through your, well, not Google itself, but they take a retinal image. And then they say they're able to quantify the association between the retinal vessels and cardiovascular episodes 70% of the time. That 70% of the time they can accurately predict whether or not a patient would have a heart attack or some other major cardiovascular event in which patient would not. Iceland is in the news today and trending because Iceland could become the first country in Europe to ban male circumcision. Now, there are many religious groups not excited about this, uh, but this is legislation being debated by parliament there. And it would impose a six-year jail term on anyone who removes part of or all of a child's sexual organs for non-medical reasons. Uh, Celia Dog Gunnarsdotter 
is a lawmaker from the center-right progressive party and said she proposed this measure after realizing that they they have a ban on female genital mutilation, but there's no equivalent to prevent male circumcision. Because we, okay, they're done for very, very different reasons. And Iceland outlawed female genital mutilation in 2005 because there's, there's absolutely no medical re, well, I shouldn't say there's no because I don't know if there's probably some argument for it. But I cannot think of any medical argument for female circumcision, for female genital mutilation, other than to remove the clitoris, stop all pleasure when it comes to sexual activity. That's not the same with male uh, circumcision. So it's strange that they would consider this a thing, although they say there are groups that are saying that this is an attack on uh, freedom of religion in Iceland. I can't believe that guy even made the Olympic team, that curler. That was way too fast. Would he throw it in the gutter? Yeah, it was Was he bowling with us? Come on, it's crazy. KFC is in the news. KFC has been forced to temporarily close hundreds of restaurants in the U.K. because there was a logistics snafu that stopped chicken deliveries. They ran out of chicken. About 800 of of the company's 900 locations in Britain were closed midday today. Terrible. KFC owns Taco or is owned by Taco Bell and Pizza Hut parent uh, corporation called Yum. They said that there were. This is a weird thing. The chicken shortage had been caused by a couple of teething problems with its new delivery partner. Teething problems. Well, it's a new delivery partner, so the uh, business relationship is in its infancy, and there are teething. Well, problems. Hold on, chicken don't have teeth. No, no, no. You're you're missing the point. It's about the relationship between KFC and the delivery company. It's mm-hmm. new. It's like a baby relationship. Okay, but and the baby's teeth are coming in. Baby chickens don't have teeth either. Makes no sense. You saw Black Panther. I did. I really enjoyed it. Two hundred and thirty-five million plus box office. Curtis, give me this computer, and I'm going to play some Black Panther music. Uh, it was a, uh, by the way, the soundtrack is great, too. Uh, Kendrick Lamar had everything to do with the soundtrack. But they're saying uh, $202 million for the three-day weekend and a projected 235 for the four-day. Uh, that's pretty crazy. Um, and by far, one of the largest ever. One of the top four-day grosses of all time after going past Jurassic World and is right behind Star Wars The Last Jedi and Star Wars Force Awakens. But once the all of the tallies are in, it could easily surpass Star Wars The Last Jedi. So. It is the 50th anniversary of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It is? Yeah. Makes you want to change your sweater, doesn't it? <laughs> that was the most perplexing thing to me. Why do we need to change the sweaters because, and the shoes? Because he was wearing an outside sweater and he had to change to an inside sweater. You do that really well. <laughs> need his comfortable shoes for And the he inside. needed his comfortable shoes so that he It's almost a little uh, George Bushy in there. Yeah, a little bit. George H.W. A little bit. Um this is the year of Fred, says David Newell, the guy who uh, played Mr. McFeely for so long. Uh, the program has really resonated. It's very rewarding. People in their 50s now are the first generation that watched the neighborhood 
and it goes all the way down to teens, four generations wow. of fans. So there's a new biopic, You Are My Friend, starring Tom Hanks. Oh, that's perfect. Isn't of course, it? It, it, yeah. who else is going to play him? Nobody. Nobody can play him. You right. could. Nope, could not. <gasps> a neighbor. We should do a segment. I'm ready to hear from Mr. Rogers right now. Well, neighbor, while you're sitting on the couch doing nothing on this holiday, some of us have to work. You know who else is working very hard today? It's the United States curling team. The men are taking on Canada right now. And all they're doing is throwing big 40-pound rocks down an old frozen bowling alley is really soothing when we come back we'll check and see how that curling team is doing throw in the rocks i, I really like it that. sounds like deadpool doing bob ross <laughs> a little bit gary and shannon way to modernize it curtis that was, <laughs> thank you for that am Shannon. See Lindsay Vaughn yesterday doing her trial runs, and they're like, yeah, you didn't come in first. She's like, yeah, I wasn't trying to come in first. Oh. I like other uh, skiers to think they're faster than me. Mm-hmm. She seemed like very ruthless mentally. I loved it. <laughs> um, also, you're right. There was no nipple pasty there. Told you. That sucks for her. Uh, there was a uh, French, uh, was it ice dancing? Yes. And she... Her partner, like, swept his arms up or something and hit the snap. And then out came Lefty. And they, she finished. I mean, she finished the whole yeah, the whole thing and said it was the most embarrassing moment of her life. That's got to come that on. That sucks. International audience. Your nipples everywhere. Thankfully, it's a well, holiday here. <laughs> so not as many Americans will be exposed to the nipple. I'm sure there will be plenty. Yeah, um, that sucks. But it's not a pasty. Nope. Not nope. A, I don't know which uh, censored sites you're looking at. Well, my boobs can one, hang out whenever I want. One yeah, with a site do. that has some hel- uh, class. Because oh, they put a that's pasty right. on I'm it sorry, for I forgot. Officer Farron from the Nice Police has shown up today. It's good to have you, officer. It's a nice day, isn't it? It's beautiful. It's cold, though, and windy. <sighs> what about those doping Russians? Well, listen... If you've been watching, you know that the Russians that are participating are participating under the neutral Olympic flag, and it's called OAR, the Olympic Athletes from Russia, even though it seems like there's a million of them. uh, The actual Russian team is not allowed to participate. And the guy who was popped was the guy who was curling. Yeah. Can you explain that to me? You're a new fan of this this great sport. Uh, What... uh what advantage do you have when you're doping, when you're curling? Need good core strength? No. Upper body strength? Nope. No? Uh, well, I mean, you do. The, the guys who are sweeping, that, that's probably a good core workout right there. Yeah. And I suppose they were saying you need some good upper body strength. It's ice, fellas. You don't need good upper body strength. You need good muscle control. Right. But I don't know about upper body strength to roll a – I mean – slide a 40-pound rock down the ice. I'm pretty excited about the women's hockey. 
The Americans have played their way back into the only game that counts, a showdown with Canada for the Olympic gold medal. They shut out Finland 5 to nothing in the semis, and they face their arch rival Thursday. Americans trying to win their first gold since 1998 when women's hockey made its debut in the Olympics. Um, speaking of debuts, I loved the snowboarding jumps. What do they call oh, it? The big sky, big sky or, or whatever. Yeah, that was that was impressive. Those girls yesterday. Uh, my favorite in the uh, snowboarding is the snow cross, where there's six or eight of them and they're all rolling down the hill on a uh, what turns out to just be like a a cold BMX course over the jumps and the turns and everything. It's like almost a mile long that that little yeah. course. Yeah, and and uh, didn't you say last week one of the dudes broke his neck? Yeah, he fell like on his upper back and on his neck. He he was able to get up and finish, you know, going down the hill. Uh, but then later on, they checked him out, and he I don't know ruptured some vertebrae and whatnot. Did you see the female skier, the downhill skier, who had that really bad crash like two weeks ago? It was terrible. They said she had a lot of soft tissue damage, and she finished her run uh, yesterday. And she collapsed at the finish line in agony. Yeah. It was just really hard to watch. Even some of the, the ski jumps where they're doing the high aerials, uh, the way that those guys land looks like they would not be able to get up and walk away. And I, yet they I, do. I can't imagine crashing at that speed, at those speed, those downhill speeds. Going, they're going 80 miles an hour. They're jumping uh, 50 yards at a time. It's insane. <laughs> Uh, one of the uh, one of the big celebrities, I suppose, that came out of this, the big personalities that we've seen in this Winter Olympics, is Adam Rippon, one of the uh, American figure skaters. He had agreed to become an NBC correspondent for the duration of the Olympics. Since he was done with all of his stuff, he was going to then sit in the booth with Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir, and that third guy. Uh, that's what we'll call him, even though his name is Terry Gannon, <laughs> um, and, and help with the commentating of, of the figure skaters, but he has changed his mind. He now told NBC he's flattered, but he says, if I took this opportunity and I have to leave the Olympic team and I'd have to leave the Olympic village. Mm-hmm. And he says, my friends were all there to, to support me. So I want to be there for them. What do you think, Oscar? I just think, he's I know a, what he's, you're thinking. You're thinking exactly a, what I'm thinking. He's having a great time. He's having a fantastic village. time. And he's run all the way through his 47 allotment. And he needs more. <laughs> Just guessing. I'd want to hang out and party in the Olympic Village too, though. You yes, know I, mean? I, I didn't would. realize that you would have to, you'd have to quit your, quit the team basically, um, as opposed to being sort of a special correspondent for NBC. But I guess that's the way it works. Coming up next, Swamp Watch. It looks like the president is open to increasing background checks. We'll be checking in in D.C. with that. Also. President lashing out about this whole Russia investigation. All the latest. Gary and Shannon will continue. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Swamp Watch. Gary and Shannon. On this Monday, 1230 segment, we get to check in with uh, what's going on in Washington, D.C. We do our Swamp Watch. There was actually a great story of something that happened with the president, but it was a couple of months ago. We're just learning about this now. When he was on his trip to China, the U.S. military aid that carries the briefcase that's got the nuclear codes in it, 
They call it the football. He was supposed to follow the president. I mean, he's always supposed to be close to the president. He and a doctor are the two people who are going to be with the president just about all the time. They walk into the Great Hall in China as part of the official visit that the president had. And Chinese security officials blocked his entry, blocked the entry of the military aide who carries the football. Now, wait a minute. You can't do that. No. So a U.S. official watching this whole thing runs into the next room and says, Mr. Kelly, Mr. Kelly, that security guy stopped the guy with the football. So Chief of Staff John Kelly comes running out and goes, uh, What are you doing here, Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> he goes, he says, uh, no, this is not happening. We are going to keep walking. And we're walking. We're walking. So John Kelly grabs the doctor and the guy with the football and keeps walking into the Great Hall. And there's a commotion because a Chinese security official grabs Chief of Staff John Kelly. And John Kelly grabs the guy by the collar and he goes, not on my watch. And the karate chopped his neck off. Right in the neck and his no, head came that clean didn't, off. that didn't happen. I may be elaborating, but John Kelly shoved the man's hand off his body. A U.S. Secret Service agent jumps in, grabs the Chinese security official, and tackles him to the ground. Wow. And you know what happened as a result of this? Hmm. The Chinese apologized to the United States. There's a very clear procedure that says, listen, if you want our president to come visit you, here's a couple, here's a couple non-negotiables. Number one is the guy with that fat, heavy briefcase is constantly with the president, no matter where he goes. A Chinese official did apologize afterwards for the misunderstanding. But at no point did anybody have their hands on the nuclear football. It's not like they were going to steal it or anything, or a bad action movie was about to take place. But I want to see John Kelly in rage mode. Yes. Like, don't touch me. And he just did that thing where he just grabs, like, the, the pinky nail on the guy and, <laughs> poof, you know, just holds that over him, and the guy's in agonizing pain and right. can't move. We are going to be talking about the president and how he seems to support stronger background checks for guns coming up next. But uh, first, the president is said to be hosting a listening session with high school students and teachers this Wednesday. The White House hasn't said whether Trump will meet with teens from Parkland, Florida who have obviously called on the president to do more about gun control. They've organized that March for Our Lives rally in Washington on the 24th. Uh, A White House spokesperson said yesterday that uh, we're not giving you any more details about this listening session. Now, CNN is scheduled to have a live town hall in Parkland, Florida at 9 p.m. Wednesday with students from that high school. It's going to be hosted by Jake Tapper. They're already teasing the hell out of it. It's a big CNN to do. I think um, both Marco Rubio and Bill Nelson have said they're going to be a part of that as well. Yep. This listening session is one of those things that seems like it could backfire spectacularly because the students are going to go and all they're going to want is some type of gun control measure to happen. And then when that doesn't happen, because it probably won't. Uh, then all hell's going to break loose right. after that. Well, there's and there's a couple of things. I mean, it, it, that's an eventual thing that could happen is that's going to be brought up in the re-election campaign. That's going to be brought up in the congressional elections in a couple of months. There's also the the problem that the president has. He's not great with those personal interactions on camera. Everything I've heard about his behind-the-scenes interactions with people one-on-one outside of Stormy Daniels or anybody else – Uh, is that he's a very affable, down-to-earth, 
good guy who likes to listen to people he and wants, asks a lot of questions. And he wants people to like him. And he wants people to like him. But yeah. in, in an, an event where there's cameras out there, there's cameras that are watching. And I don't know if that's the plan is that there would be cameras in the room. I feel those, like there won't be. I feel like there won't be because the White House has no more details. He's going to do a listening session, but no more details means that it's going to be maybe in private. On his behalf, I hope that's the case because I hope that that, you know, the 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 stories of him behind closed doors being a much more in tune, uh, better at reading the room kind of guy. Yeah. I hope because because I think that would work out and I think that's what those kids would need in that situation. And it shouldn't be a political photo op either. It shouldn't be something for cameras. It should be what it truly is billed as, and that's the president sitting down and listening to the the concerns from these kids. Because the pictures that we saw from over the weekend with him at the hospital, they just seemed very tone deaf. I mean, he's got a big cheesy grin on his face and a big thumbs up, and he's standing next to the hospital bed of a girl who'd been shot just days before. I mean, it just didn't seem didn't yeah, seem very... The mood is not... Somebody didn't read the room correctly there. Right, 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 right. Um, really quick, before we take a break here and go to Capitol Hill, former president, vice president, excuse me, Joe Biden, is tiptoeing around potential presidential run questions. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to run. I think that Joe Biden would be a uh, potentially a good advisor for for somebody running, but Joe Biden is a million years old now. He said he was keeping his 2020 options open, considering it a real possibility. He insists he has made no decision and he hasn't needed to yet, according to a bunch of people who uh, who were with him in a in a planning committee. How old is Joe Biden? He 78? Would, he's 75. If, if he's elected, okay. he would be 78 the day he's inaugurated. I don't have a problem with that. Well, 78 is the new 58, exactly. I suppose. But I just, Donald I don't Trump know. 71. So right. I mean, and he's the oldest. Four year difference. He's yeah. the oldest guy to ever be elected president. I, so, uh, I just don't know if Biden has it in him. That's what I mean. To go through all that. I don't know if he's got the emotional bandwidth anymore. I mean, the reason he didn't run last time was because he talked about his son having passed away. His son was very sick, I think, at the time that he would have declared that he was going to run. And then his son passed away in the middle of the campaign, if I think, I'm not mistaken. I think if Biden thought that he was the only uh, way for the Democrats to beat Trump, though, he would run. I, that's very true. I don't know. All right. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Megan Hughes about the possibility of expanding background checks and why the president does support those. We'll talk about that. And a quick note about Richard Gates, the latest in the uh, Russia collusion investigation and how he has agreed to testify against Paul Manafort. Although it has nothing to do with collusion, it has to do with bad banking practices. So we'll talk about all that. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon on this Monday, February 19th. Well, one of the stories that's uh, been dominant over the last couple of days, obviously, is the shooting out of uh, Florida at the high school. And now the survivors of the the shooting and the families of victims are looking to the government for some sort of reaction to this. And one of the suggestions would be stronger background checks for gun buys. And the president uh, apparently is supporting them. Joining us to talk about it, Megan Hughes, who is in Washington. This uh, this announcement of support, this came from the White House today. 
Yes, and this is a significant change in posture from what we've heard from the White House. You know, the president gave that address after the, the shooting in Parkland, Florida, and did not mention guns at all. Now, today we're hearing from the White House Press Secretary, Sarah Sanders, that the president spoke with Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who is um, backed by the NRA, certainly a very strong proponent of the Second Amendment. But after that shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas, this, this fall, where a shooter with an assault rifle uh, killed 26 people in that church, he decided to co-sponsor a bipartisan measure that would mean beefing up the background check system that's already in place, essentially trying to make sure that federal and state authorities uh, submit any kind of criminal information to the background check system, something that's not happening right now. So so it doesn't necessarily restrict certain people from getting weapons. It just makes sure that the information is shared between agencies. That's exactly right. It does not change any of the laws that are currently on the books. It does not expand the background check system. Uh, It simply would incentivize state and local authorities to do some of what they're supposed to already be doing, do, do their due diligence in providing some of that criminal information to the FBI, which runs the background check system. Where does the NRA stand on this bill? The NRA, NRA so far has been silent, um, and I will tell you with Capitol Hill, with the members of Congress out this week, we have not heard a lot of reaction from Capitol Hill uh, either. We did hear from one key Democrat, uh, Senator Murphy of Connecticut. Um, interesting, he's a co-sponsor, and there are a number of Democratic co-sponsors on this bill, even though it is, uh, as I mentioned, a very moderate, moderate measure. So Senator Murphy, his reaction today is saying, number one, one, that this is a sign that the politics of gun violence are shifting very rapidly. Um, but number two, he says no one should pretend that this bill alone is an adequate response to the epidemic. Yeah. Uh, whether or not the NRA backs this, of course, is going to have significant implications for whether uh, Republicans on Capitol Hill will get behind this. Also, it will be very significant how strongly and how, you know, what kind of robust support this gets from the president down the road. It is interesting, though, that if nothing else, um, John Cornyn and Chris Murphy were the ones who introduced this. So it's at least introduced by, uh, uh, you know, by senators on both sides. It's supported by Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, or at least they've said they support it. So, I mean, it's got that going for it in terms of future passage. I'd also point out that House Speaker Paul Ryan was down in Mar-a-Lago meeting with the president yesterday. Um, So we know that the the meeting was happening. We haven't heard from Paul Ryan on this issue. We know that he met with some of the Broward County first responders and people at the hospital there. Uh, We know that he he made statements last week not mentioning guns. So for the White House to come out with this today – after, you know, shortly after that meeting, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say when he returns to Washington. I'm fascinated by the particular scope of, of this bill. And the more I learn about background checks, uh, the more I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this stuff. Uh, federal agencies are recorded. I'm just reading out of the, the Washington Post. Federal agencies are recorded to are required, excuse me, to report various felonies, indictments and other crimes Federal agencies, including domestic assaults, into that federal database. But Congress has no power to compel states to do the same. And as you mentioned earlier, Megan, it seems like they're not doing that. Why not? 
Well, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I would have to, talk, I would have to talk to the different agencies. Yeah, I'm just curious. Not, this is simply a matter of of them not doing their due diligence. Um, you know, as we talked about the Sutherland Springs shooting this fall, that shooter and and part of the impetus for this bill uh, had a record of domestic violence that the U.S. Air Force was aware of, but it failed to report it. Uh, I, I don't know what, what the the reasoning was behind the U.S. Air Force not reporting it. Um, if this is just something that's missed, whether the resources aren't there. I do know that some of the um, idea of incentivizing these agencies to report uh, involves adding additional resources. Uh, so that would be included in this measure. All right. Megan, thank you so much. Thank you. Megan Hughes there with the more, the latest there in D.C. Um, one of the stories that's uh, that's been uh, rumored about the L.A. Times is reporting that one of the top aides to the former campaign is going to plead guilty to fraud related charges within a few days. It looks like Richard Gates, who worked very closely with Paul Manafort, would um, would be the one who decides to plead guilty and then agree to testify against Paul Manafort. This, it, before you jump to conclusions uh, and not to make excuses one side or the other here, this is not evidence of collusion. I mean, you could argue that there it, it's evidence of some sneaky stuff going on. But in this case, we're only talking about financial malfeasance on the part of Richard Gates and Paul Manafort. It, it's not proof that they colluded with the Russians or anything, but, it, you know, it, it would it would add if there is a collusion charge eventually, this could be part of it. But before everybody starts, uh, you know, raising their uh, what do you call those the party noisemakers and stuff and saying that this is the beginning of the end. This is just Richard Gates testifying solely against Paul Manafort because of some financial uh, hijinks, shall we say. Coming up next, we talked about it at the top of the show. It looks like numerous different school officials tried to intervene in the Florida shooter's life going back to middle school. Kids in the schools were reporting this guy left and right. They wanted to keep him out of the law enforcement track, so they tried the counseling track. Uh, So... We know how that worked out. We're going to talk about the couple that took this guy in after his mother died last fall because they're talking about what their reaction to all of this has been. Gary and Chan will continue right after this. Shannon, on this uh, Monday, it's February 19th, a little bit later, we're going to be talking about uh, one of the dads of the year uh, who pretended to be his own 11-year-old daughter in order to find a sexual harasser. Nothing wrong with this. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with this. We'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. Florida shooter was taken in after his mother died of a respiratory illness, flu symptom type things, uh, last November. Uh, he was put into another home and with his biological brother, and he didn't like it, and he asked if he could stay with his friend and, and his parents, and they said okay. Jim Ryan is on the story now and joins us. Jim, what was their reaction, or what do we know about their reaction to this? Oh, I mean, they were stunned, Shannon, when they heard that this person who had been living in their house was under arrest and and accused of killing 17 people 
in a high school. They were absolutely stunned. They were floored by uh, hearing that. And they said they had no indication that this was coming. Uh, they knew that he had been depressed after his adoptive mother had died, but that he seemed to be getting better living in their house. Uh, he was following the rules, was uh, usually in bed by 8.30 or 9 o'clock, and uh, this was polite and, and, again, seemed to be improving. In fact, uh, Kimberly Sneed, the, the woman who lives in that house, had taken him to see a therapist a few days before the shooting happened and apparently planned on continuing that sort of therapy to, to get him help that he needed. But they knew, obviously, about this guy's history, did they not? Well, they knew that his mother, his stepmother had died. They knew that they didn't know anything about this violence in his past. And, and still we're not hearing anything concrete about, um, you know, animal abuse that he had been accused of. And, and they may not have seen some of the, the postings that he had, including one on Snapchat where he cut his arms, uh, where he said he wanted to buy a gun. And it uh, talked about his depression. So it's, it's possible, I suppose, that the Sneeds, Elizabeth and James, didn't know about those things before they took him into their house. Uh, they might have, uh, you know, they might have given them second thoughts. Now, I hear they had a bit of a showdown with him at the police station when he was led past them or something. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, they were there at the police station talking with investigators. Uh, obviously, uh, the kid lived in their house, and so they were being, uh, you know, interrogated, if you will. And, and here comes uh, Nicholas Cruz being led along in, in handcuffs. Uh, Kimberly Sneed had to be hauled back. She was lunging at him and, and you know, telling him, uh, you know, uh, she, could, she couldn't believe that he had done this. He apparently turned and was apologizing to them. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, the, the showdown or not, I mean, it was all pretty controlled considering that he was in handcuffs and she was being restrained there by police. The weapon, as far as we know, the one that was used in the shooting on Wednesday was originally stored at their house. But it does not appear, correct me if I'm wrong, that they are under investigation for anything in this case. That's right. Yeah, I don't think there will be. They do have an attorney. This morning they sat there on Good Morning America, and they had their attorney there with him. Uh, it doesn't look as though there will be criminal charges filed against them. I think they were trying to do right by this kid, by this friend of their son, and that uh, it, it appeared to be paying off that he was doing a little bit better. They cared about him. Um, and, but So I don't think there will be criminal charges. I think the, the attorney... Uh, suggested this morning there could be lawsuits filed by some of the victim's families. And so they're trying to be prepared for that and have retained this attorney. Jim, thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, Gary. Jim Ryan with the latest out of uh, Florida and specifically the uh, the family that had taken this guy in before he, um, before he went and shot up that high school. Now, one of the things we saw over the weekend, and I think we'll continue to see over the next several weeks, even a couple of months, is the uh, a, a rise in activism on behalf of students, for example, the ones that, that held a lie-in outside the White House today to talk about uh, gun issues, gun control issues, gun rights issues. Uh, one of the others uh, that we've seen, one of the, I guess, hotbeds of this is right around the school itself in Parkland, Florida. And a couple of the kids who were at the school that day have come out and sort of risen to the top in terms of their ability to express themselves and their frustration with the way that it has uh, their frustration with the way the government has handled the issue of guns in the context of keeping kids safe and keeping schools safe. One of them was a kid named David Hogg, who the day after the shooting stood out as somebody who was capable of putting together very strong and clear and concise thoughts on behalf of those other kids who were in the school. Uh, for example, 
He talks about on Saturday he was at a rally talking about what happens with his feelings and how it translates into action. Uh, Curtis, give me this. Uh, fire this up over here. There we go. Right this there. fight is not going to be easy. This fight is not going to be short. We're going to have to continue for days, months, years, and decades because the, the people and the special interests that want to pass these gun laws to make it easier for these people to get guns are not going to stop, and we can't either. We need to get out and vote. The one thing I would tell David is just to be careful. No one wants mentally ill people to have access to guns. The NRA has said that multiple times. There are laws against it. It's the problem of making sure that we can sew up the holes that have been created or the holes that exist but have not been addressed by the current laws that are in place. But he did go on to talk about the importance of making sure that people on both sides of the issue shut up and listen sometimes. I don't care. If you're a Democrat, I don't care if you're a Republican. If you have a good idea, let's work together as Americans and come to a compromise. Because in politics, if no one side ever wins, it's always through compromise that changes happen. Mm, remember when you were young and you thought that uh, <laughs> lawmakers actually sat down and had the uh, good of the constituents of top of mind, not special interests or lobbyists or pockets lined with dough from... Well, the NRA. I, I mean, come I on like, now. I like, I like what's happening in Florida. It sucks, no matter, that, it sucks that it took it sucks, something like a massacre right. of 17 I people to get them involved. I didn't think after Newtown that if that that after Newtown, if that didn't cause some sort of gun control talk, legitimate talk and fervor and um, momentum could create some, some sort of momentum that it never would happen. And maybe it's because it happened to jaded parents or parents that just don't think things can change uh parents that are just shell-shocked uh, i don't know but this happened to a bunch of teenagers a bunch of 16 17 year old kids uh, 14 year old kids and you know what they they've got a lot of energy and they've got a lot of optimism in, in change and in their ability to create change and they have, and they have time on their side it, too it's yeah, nice to see them care they can fight for a long time Right. Because they know, listen, one of the arguments that I've said about this is you, this is not an over, overnight thing. You're not going to be able to control weapons, access to weapons in a, a two-year, five-year, ten-year process. If you're going to change the way that we do business in the United States, it's going to take 100 years of you to do. And it's going to take a massive amount of public and political will to get that Maybe done. Maybe it just takes the next generation growing up, becoming voting age, and getting into elected office themselves. And, and changing it slowly because that's the only way it's going to happen is if they change it slowly and knowing that they're going to dedicate whatever political life they have however they do it that's the way they're going to change this but it's not going to be an overnight thing and they they've got to understand that um the i mentioned this before my daughter was asking yesterday about the walkouts that have been planned one for this week one for april 20th a nationwide student walkout etc and what it is that she should do as a result of it and I, I said, listen, I would be, I would be entirely proud if there was a political issue that you felt was important enough to walk out of class for. But you better know what you're talking about. You you better have an idea of what it is that you want. Because let's imagine the mayor walks up to you, or the county supervisor, or the state assemblyman, or let's say that the senator, a U.S. senator, walks up to you because you happen to be a kid out on a 
what are you going to tell her, him, that you want as a result of your walkout? You've got the attention. Now you've got the stage. What is it that you're going to say? That's what I told her. you got to be prepared for a situation like that. I saw uh, a couple people keeping their kids home from school on the day of the walkouts because they don't want the kid to be pressured into walking out. They don't want... They don't want uh, people to be alerted to uh, a bunch of kids walking out of the schools. That's also true. I thought um, about that. But anyway, all right, coming up next, Chris Ancarlo joins us at a gun control rally today in downtown L.A. Chris will have all the latest for us. Gary and Shannon will continue. In- Hey, uh, the judge in Florida today, or I should say a judge in Florida today, the uh, shooter from the uh, Florida high school tragedy was, bless you, was uh, in court today, and the judge decided to keep some of those medical records uh, under seal. There were some students who held a lion outside the White House. You heard Amy mention that right at the uh, news break there. And the president was in Florida this weekend asking about what to do about gun control. Several reports that he was asking some of the people close to him uh, throughout the different, you know, casual conversations that he was having about some input on what to do about gun control. Well, today in downtown L.A., there was a uh, a rally to say enough is enough. Chris Ancarlo was there, joins us now. Chris, what happened? Hey, guys. So it was a few hundred people, I'd say four or five hundred people that uh, came down here to Pershing Square Park. Uh, they filled up about a third of the park. So for people that are unfamiliar with the size of it, essentially it's one city block in, in square. And so uh, you do the numbers there, about four or five hundred people. Most of them uh, were also there with their kids, which provided some, you know, I think compelling visuals, which is what they were going after. Uh, it was organized by a few different groups. One is Moms Against Action. That was a group that formed up after Sandy Hook. Uh, there was also the Brady campaign, of course. Uh, what was it, James Brady, the press secretary for President Reagan, who ended up shot in the head after uh, by John Wayne Hinckley up in Washington, D.C. Uh, so that has uh, been a campaign of his and carried on in his memory for gun control. And then also there was another group called Drain the NRA. And so you had these three different groups kind of providing three different prongs of action. Drain the NRA is really pushing for people to divest from any companies, from anybody that's giving money to the NRA, and also to do what they can to drain the coffers of big donors to members of Congress who are in support of NRA policies. Um, And then the other groups essentially are pushing for action ahead of 2018. Call your member of Congress, call them again, call them again. And for members of Congress that don't, you know, follow the the directive of sensible gun legislation, according to them, um, will come for reckoning in November, of course, with the midterm elections. The NRA and lobbying arms, very powerful beasts, as you know, was there a, a feeling of greater optimism this time for this for this push i yes and no right it, it's one of those things where it, it's always kind of present that 
these moments have flashed up and then they have simmered out as and they even said it over and over again this is not going to be another post sandy hook it's not going to be another post pulse nightclub post columbine post whatever insert your name of massacre here um and really you can get a sense that a lot of these organizers whether it's you know here in downtown la or of course the bigger uh, protests that we've seen in south florida are trying to draw a line in the sand and saying okay well this is going to be the moment where finally we get some action we get some movement on this uh, instead of again you know waiting a couple days before people can talk about it and then once people can talk about it then drawing the battle lines all over again rinse wash repeat which is what the cycle has been here for the last little while i talked to a few different people uh, i talked to a lot of different people but a few people who were kind of compelling to me one was uh this daughter that was uh standing next to her dad and um you know i think this is the sort of relate relationship any parent can kind of relate to so here's just a bit of them do you feel as though adults are doing enough on this I think that there are some adults who are, but adults grew up like this. They did this. It wasn't as big of an issue, but it's our turn to step up, and we're seeing it happen firsthand. It's happening to our friends, our cousins, people we our age. So it's our turn to take a chance, like take a stand. So absolutely, completely failed this generation. Legislation was out there. They repealed it. They did not renew it. They have completely failed this generation. Kids like this should not have to be out here protesting since just common sense regulation is this. So that, that was a pretty lucid answer, and that's the thing that I'm finding more and more is that people are more well-versed in exactly, precisely what they want. It's not just like, oh, get the guns off the street, which is what you heard for a long time. Now it's specific policies that are attainable, like they want assault weapons ban reinstated, of course. That was instated under the Clinton administration. Uh, I think it was 2003 or four that that lapsed. Universal background checks they want. They want laws requiring child protective locks. Uh, you know, one of the big issues brought up is that, you know, the legal cause of suicide is by gun and oftentimes you know it's just that moment that a suicidal thought enters someone's head if they can't get access to the means of suicide often that will go and a person can seek help uh, and then the last one is an extreme risk protective order which we actually have here in california and congresswoman democratic congresswoman judy chu said that florida did not and that perhaps if florida had a law styled after the law that we have here in california that may have helped prevent what happened in parkland but of course but, it's a pretty big you know jump there but florida does have the baker law which would have allowed and did allow them to put this guy under an involuntary psych hold for 72 hours, similar to what we have in California. I just don't know if they would have been able to take his weapon from him or weapons. I know out. in California in the 5150 situation, they do. They do have they that ability. Yes. I don't know about yeah, they, the Baker Act. Yeah, that's the, that's exactly what she was talking about, Shannon, is the, the fact that once someone is 5150, there is an ability to get those weapons and to and to continue cycling through the system so that that person, you know, it's not just a couple days and then your gun's back. Like, they've got to prove a certain ability. I, I'm not an expert on it, but from what, what I understand, they've got to prove a certain ability in order to get those weapons back. Obviously, California, a way different legislative environment than what you're going to see in Florida. But those were the main differences. I've covered a lot of rallies. I've covered rallies, I mean, immediately after mass shootings. I was in Washington, D.C. after the shooting down at Navy Yard. You know, talked to a lot of people in, in the hours and, and the days after that. And the one thing, again, that I keep coming back to is it seems as though there is more strategic, clear-eyed vision than what we've seen in the past. And whether or not that is able to overcome the lockup in Congress in Washington, D.C., the, the power and the influence of the NRA, who knows? But it's a little bit different, at least from this reporter's viewpoint. Chris, thank you so much. Appreciate it, as always. Yeah, of course, guys. 
All right, coming back, uh, a father takes to the Internet to disguise himself as his own daughter to try to find uh, and locate and pummel the guy who harassed his girl. Um, I don't have a big problem with this. Explain that whole story when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. I have an update. Fergie has spoken. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. This is about last night's NBA All-Star Games National Anthem. You didn't hear it. It sounded something like this. She says, I've always been honored and proud to perform the national anthem. And last night I wanted to try something special for the NBA. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a risk taker artistically, but clear. <laughs> But clearly this rendition didn't strike the intended tone. Uh, She's so 3,008 is what she said. Yeah. You're so 2,000 and late. She says, I love this country and honestly tried my best. So can we lay off of her now? Wow. By the way, that's fine. She can hit that note. She can sing. She can yeah, sing. Yeah, she didn't need to do all that. She didn't need to. Wow. I just feel like the backlash is a little much. And now she's come out and said she's sorry. She realizes it was not the right mm-hmm. rendition. Mm-hmm. Is, do you, have you forgiven her? Not yet. There's a guy in Argentina who said, you know what? You're not messing with my daughter. His 11-year-old daughter had been contacted by a 29-year-old man. They met through the WhatsApp. This is something that would never happen in the Hoffman house. And you guys, I I I hold these things up as evidence every single time. Yep. Every single time. And people do, well, you person, you kids deserve privacy. You know what? On the off chance that this happens, no. Absolutely not. 29-year-old guy contacts an 11-year-old and starts sending her inappropriate messages, and he wants to meet her. The girl said he was also trying to convince her to lie to her parents and kept asking for pictures of her in her undergarments. Well, Dad finds out about this. Yes, Dad finds out about it. You know why? Because he's got a 19-point phone contract with his daughter that says, anytime I want, I can look at your phone. Well, I think it's more like a four-point contract because I believe in the 19-point contract there would be no ability for your 11-year-old daughter to be on WhatsApp. Excellent point. Okay. So this guy takes control of the text conversations. He's like, oh, you want to you wanna screw with me and my daughter? Sweetie, I'll handle this. Yeah. That's what he says. So he takes control of the text, and he poses as his daughter to arrange a meeting. What do you think he has in mind? He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. First, he wanted to have the date at his house. 
dad says. And I told him, yes, of course, because I was going to kill him. Right. And you might as well keep the blood on that guy's porch instead (laughs) of bringing it to yours. He says he would open the door and I would kill him. Okay. I love this. Um, However, the creepy guy arranged the meeting in Buenos Aires. So the two men meet. And as soon as they meet, dad pummels him, punches him in the face. Doesn't even wait, you know, anything. Just shows up and beats the hell out of him. Now, if you were my legal advisor, what would you suggest I do? Do I call the police when I show up to the guy's house and say there's about to be an incident? Or do I call the police after I've already pummeled the guy and say, hey, things got out of control? I don't call the police at all. I kill him and leave the body lying there. Uh, Uh (laughs) The father took pictures of this guy's battered and bloodied face and then shared them on all his social media platforms. Okay. This son of a bee is a pervert. He sent photos to him. My 11-year-old daughter. I love that. Uh, the father and the suspect are both facing charges, but they were not detained. Neither one of them. Now, dad faces a battery charge. The 29-year-old guy is accused of online harassment and grooming, the crime of befriending a child to lure them to perform sexual acts. He faces uh, up to four years in prison, anywhere from six months to four years. And according to um, Argentinian law, they said that it's that, that that like I said, it could be six years to four. Sorry, six months to four years. And that dad is only uh, on the hook for some uh, battery charge. He'll get off or he'll get probation or something like that. So uh, and if you don't have friends that would go with you, you don't have good friends. That's what I said. What would you do? What would be, would you just beat him up or would you bring uh, a taser or would you bring? Uh... I wouldn't bring a weapon. Okay. I wouldn't need a weapon, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I don't, I don't know exactly. I don't know if the best course of action would be for me to physically assault someone. Mm-hmm. Although I do have a clean criminal record up to this point. so I... Don't you think it's better that you went and not your wife? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think that's probably because I couldn't guarantee that she wouldn't take a weapon. Right. And that, I think, would probably add an enhancement to whatever charges she faced. An extra 10 years. Yeah, and I don't want that. that. Her dog doesn't want that. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. All right. Uh, Terror in the seas. What? Can we do that? Of course we can. We make the rules around here. She said that she's sorry. Can't we? Did she say she was sorry? Did she say she's trying something new? If my wife cheats on me, is she going to come back and go, I'm sorry? Or is she going to go, I just tried something new. My friends told me it'd be okay. What the hell? I want to hear this defense. I want the the defense. (laughs) I want to hear this defense. (laughs) Gary and Shannon. Shannon, John and Ken coming up in just a few minutes, as a matter of fact. Some of the uh, stories that we talked about today, there were a group of students that held a a lie-in outside the White House today in an attempt to call for gun control. The president is actually holding what they call, what the White House is referring to as a listening session 
at some point uh, in the next couple of days, Wednesday and or Thursday, depending on uh, the White House schedule that you look at. So pretty interesting. Um, oh, I was watching this as well. The U.S. just beat Canada in curling. A good final rock. Wow, that's great. That's huge. What a, what a disappointment for the Canadians. Bigger than you know. A must-win situation for the United States and a big loss for the Canadians in that Fred case. Rogan... Uh, works with us down the hall and he uh, anchors the curling competitions for NBC and it's, they dedicate CNBC to all the curling stuff. And he said, he told us that when he was on vacation with his family, I forget where he was, where in Canada he was, but he'd be walking down the street and the curling is so popular that people be go, coming up to him. Yeah. They knew who he was <laughs> in, in Canada. Uh, well, uh, we go from terror in the skies earlier in the show to terror on the seas. Sometimes a carnival cruise <laughs> can get a little dicey. I'm talking about you, three-day cruise to Mexico. Arg. Sometimes just up and down the California coast. Man. Some people board those with one goal, getting sauced. Not, not remembering. <laughs> getting sauced. And many of them achieved their goals. Now listen, it's a good time. I'm not going to lie to you. The carnival legend that was uh, sailing along the coast of Australia decided uh, uh, there was a group on there that decided that they were going to do that, as a matter of fact. They were going to get drunk and stay drunk. And uh, hey, no, no judgment here. But they showed passengers, there were cell phone videos that showed passengers cheering as police were removing a group of men from the cruise ship on Friday. It was a family of 23. Sometimes families do these cruises. They do like reunions and stuff or they'll do them every so often. That's the last time I went on. I went on with a big family group. Oh, did you? How'd yeah. it go? Nobody was drunk. At least nobody in our family was drunk. Yeah. Was it Was it? A Despite good my best efforts, nobody in our family was drunk. Yeah. Um, Cruises are good to do with family. We went with my parents a couple times, too, because, you know, you can do your own thing and then you can have your together time. Right. It's like uh, living in the kitchen because everything's made out of a circle and then you get your privacy time in the bathroom. Right. Yes. Uh, In this case, they said that several men were fighting early in the morning hours on Friday while it was about 130 miles off of New South Wales off the coast. As security officers on the ship intervened and detained the men. Six men, three teenage boys had to be removed from the ship and a group of others. Fourteen other women and children left as well. One of the passengers said that this big Italian family spent days targeting and attacking Australians on the ship. Just strange. Why would you go to Australia if, in fact, you were targeting Australians? I Other than to say, that's where all the Australians are. Maybe Target rich environment. The, maybe all the Australian guys were the ones getting the hot chicks in the pool. The E. coli pool. Is it true that pool water on a ship like that is thicker than normal water? No. Uh, Five of them surrounded my husband, said one woman. And unfortunately, my children witnessed it and they're scared. We've been told to watch our backs by this group. We're scared to go anywhere on the ship. The rest of the passengers disembarked on Saturday. So they got at least one good night without this whole group on there. Uh... They, one passenger said it was horrifying. People were screaming, running around, throwing glasses, everything like it was a nightmare. Some of the passengers told one of the networks there that they wanted full refunds from the cruise line. What do you think is respons- What do you think the responsibility is of the cruise line in that situation? Do they have to give refunds to these people? I ha- I don't think so. I mean, uh, people get. 
people are inconvenienced on ships and they'll sometimes give you a credit towards your next cruise because that's what you want to do, right? A, co- a coupon that's only good on yeah. the Carnival Legend. Right. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the liability is, but I just know in recent years, I think it's been, you pretty much sign away a lot of stuff. What's the most exotic cruise you've ever been on? Uh, river or ocean? I don't want to ever talk about the river cruise. Oh, is there a bad thing? What I happened? I talk about it. But the... Uh, is there norovirus? No. Was it ex-boyfriend? No. What, what do you mean? What could be so horrific that you don't want to talk about it's it? It's very small. The ship is very small. Oh. Uh, everyone was... Walls uh, are thin. Everyone was 75 or up. Yes. There's uh, an episode of The Twilight Zone. When the older people are on this boat, right, and the idea is that they are going into the afterlife, and a young couple gets on the boat, and they're screwing up the whole thing because (laughs) they can't take the young couple to the afterlife. They keep saying, why are you here? Why are you here? My husband and I had the same questions asked of us every day from people saying, why are you here? Why are you here? I don't know if everyone made it off that river cruise. So, I mean, that's how ancient like it was the, the, the clientele was. And you felt like you were on your on your way to your impending doom? And my parents were in the room next to us. Ew. Thin walls. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, not like that. Oh. But I could hear them yelling at each other. <laughs> and our rooms hey, were the, like on thing. the bottom of the boat. Uh-huh. And so the dirty-ass river water's line was like halfway up our window. Oh. So you just see detritus in the water floating along. It, it, was a, it was a situation. And you have dinner with the same people every night. Oh, what? And it, it's just, it wasn't big enough for me. I need anonymity when I go on vacation. I don't need people <laughs> asking questions. What do you, you know, all that. That is weird. Yeah, what river had, was I it? I noticed you had chicken last night. What are you having tonight? Yeah, I still, uh, it was through France. Seconds. Was... Don't you think it's a little uh, early in the cruise for you to have seconds? Yeah. Um, well, which which river was it? It was you go Rome, to exotic places. It was through I... France. Yeah, it was, it was very uh, nice if that's what you're into. Um, and I, I hear that there's wonderful river cruises. I just wasn't on one of them, I don't think. I, but my parents loved it. Uh, I just saw an advertisement earlier for a Columbia River cruise where you go from Portland like to towards uh, Spokane. That sounds gamey. That sounds like deliverance a little bit. That sounds like a lot, a lot of gambling with not just your money but also your health <laughs> and, yeah. and physical safety. All right, John and Ken, up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. That, that was a good show. I really like them. Gary and Shannon.